Morning. Trying to get the top off the bottle of cough mixture. They said childproof, adult proof. Adult. You could sit there for days trying. No, I've done it now, but I'm going to tell you, I was getting really angry with it. And I don't get out. I'm having a little. a little. little go of this, um. liquid for oral administration. It's lovely, actually. It's quite good, but it just soothes your throat a little bit. Okay, just a little tiny drop. Of- I never measure it. No, 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 I'm not. I don't drink it like you do, Krista. You know. He sort of says, swig the bottle. You know, very common. Anyway, nice to have your company this morning. I trust you well. It's not that cold outside. It's not that cold outside. It's okay. But they, they've said, have they said more snow on the way? Just what we need, isn't it, today? Uh, hopefully not today. I'll bring you the weather rundown very, very shortly, and then we'll, we'll find out. Because we've all suffered with it. But uh, only for a little while. And then if I... If I don't read another thing about Denise Welsh for about the next ten years, I'll be happy. Go home. You're an idiot. You're making yourself look stupid. She turns up on uh, Loose Women the other day, or as I prefer to now call it, because the producers have lost all sense of reality, the Denise Welsh show. I'm sorry, a self-inflicted drunk, a woman who can't keep her marriage together, and we have to suffer with it. It's got nothing to do with us. I don't come in here and ask the producer. So, is your relationship still together? Admittedly, from Christo, you do kind of get it on a fairly regular basis, which is a bit tedious for me. You know, sometimes I have to go home and have, have therapy, because you have to listen to... And it's, but it's of no interest to anybody. I couldn't give a stuff about Denise Welsh's booze fueled night. She says, I didn't have an affair, I'm free to move on. So, in other words, she is seeing this bloke, but because she wasn't with Tim, because they split up at Christmas, she's free to have a... You do what you like, darling. Make yourself look the biggest fool in the world. We had so many booze fueled fights. The clue is in booze. Okay? Cut out the booze. Don't go on television. I'm not interested in your sordid, tawdry little life. I couldn't care less. I really couldn't care less what you do. Just why don't you stay at home and stop embarrassing yourself? You make yourself look stupid. Tim and I secretly broke up months ago. Keep your private life to yourself. Nobody's interested. I don't come in here and, well, apart from Krista, and people start, you know, burdening you with their boring lives. I don't care if the producer's gone home and, you know, met some bloke on the tube. I don't care. Yeah, well, stop telling me, Holly. I've said before, you know, it's, it's of no interest. And yet, for some reason, Denise, Denise Welsh seems to think we're interested. You know, to watch her toe-curling the embarrassing coming-out bit on the Loose Women programme, where they sat there, and I thought... And you're supposed to be the strong women. That's why they've all been put on there, because they're opinionated. They're a bunch of weak little Jessies. We've had the one who had her little panic attack because she was flogging her book about, oh, my second marriage broke down. Now we've got Denise, what, God knows what Sherry Hewson's going to come up with. Carol McGiffin spent more time in the gutter than anybody else. Can we find some women who at least represent people in this country, not the sad, lonely drunks that we seem to be representing? I mean, the only person who doesn't appear to drink is Sherry. Although with a name like Sherry, you'd think she would actually drink, but, uh, but she doesn't. And you, th- and you think to yourself, these are supposed to be strong women. And all they do is they play out their sad, lonely, desperate existences. I mean, to be honest with you, she lied through her teeth. She sat there. I mean, she said it only the other week. Tim and I are fine. Tim and I are fine. You know, da-da-da, I'm not having an affair, I'm not doing this. Tim and I are fine. Lies. Blatant Lies. Probably booze fueled, I should imagine. I mean, it's just... It's a front page of every paper. I mean, God help us, woman. Stay at home, get yourself sorted out, go and go to a clinic. Go dry out. Don't make yourself look stupid on television anymore. I don't want to watch Loose Women now. I thought they were strong, opinionated people. They're a bunch of Jessies. They're an embarrassment to the audience who have to sit there watching this garbage every day while they play out their sad, drunken lives. Oh, I had another panic attack. Why? Because I wrote a book.
What did you write a book about? I wrote a book about how I was a weather girl and how I'm not, and some Hollywood star tried to sort of get off with me in the back of a limousine that I climbed into quite willingly. How dumb do you have to be? You do lose all sense of reality, don't you? Good Lord. You know, um, Tim and I secretly broke up at Christmas, and so she tells you the whole sordid story. You know, and Tim and I discussed it. Um, uh, you know, it's great that the loose women are here to support me. Okay. I'm sorry, if you want to go to therapy, go pay for it, love. You've got the money for it, go do it. Don't sit on television pouring your heart out because you're a drunk and you're an embarrassment. You know, different if you've got some mental illness or something, then well, then fine. But then you shouldn't be on television anyway. God, dear me. Front of every blasted paper this morning. Why my marriage is over. Because you're a drunk. You don't need, you know, you, 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 the clue is in what you've said to people. After 24 years of marriage, quite clearly, not exactly 24 years, but maybe about 10 years of marriage, the rest of it just playing around and being an idiot. Oh, dear. And then the other person in the paper today, Madonna. I'm sorry to get a little bit irate at the beginning of the programme. But then Madonna. I mean, this was the other day. Madonna, they go here, bowls over the audience for 100 million. She wasn't playing in the Super Bowl. She was the cheap entertainment in the middle. You know, where they all go off and have a cup of tea and a rub down with some embrocation. She comes on and does some little act. And they go, it's 100 million. So? That's what she's paid to do. Why do she bowls over an audience of 100 million? You could have put Tinky Winky La La Poe and all the rest of them up on the stage. They'd have pulled an audience. You know, it's the same audience. It doesn't tail off when the entertainment comes on. That's how it works. Ridiculous, isn't it? And then, of course, that notorious hate preacher, Abu Qatada, who's considered such a threat, he's only going to be permitted to roam the street 22 hours a day. A complete idiot of the First Order. How on earth he's ever been released, I've got no idea. I hope to God he's not on benefits. He's been allowed out to do the school run. He hates this country. He hates the West. He preaches hatred. He's just not a very nice person. And that's being particularly kind about him. So far, it's cost us a million pounds to look after this bozo. A terrorist on the school run. Perhaps people will start throwing eggs at him. That'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it? I'd quite like to see that. People throwing eggs at him. Going, oh, shame that, isn't it, love? Shame you don't like this country. We thought we'd give you a little taste of it. Um, another one here that says, uh, I wonder why Denise is doing this publicity. Well, put it this way, she has worked consistently. She makes a fortune out of loose women. So don't give me this rubbish, India, about she's, she needs the money. She doesn't need the money, believe you me. Loose Women pays very, very well. If she's not turning over at least 150000 a year through all the rubbish that she churns out, there's no justice in the world. She's making a fortune. So don't give us that old rubbish. Ridiculous. Um, have you watched Dynamo, says Dan? Yeah, if you like that kind of thing. It's not my kind of thing. You know, if you like that sort of thing, then, then fine. He's obviously magician of the moment, and he's good, but uh, he's only doing the same as... Uh, Every other magician. He's not doing anything that has not been done before. It's all been done before with Dynamo. It's just that they sort of went because he's from a sinker state and he's like wicked and he's all this kind of stuff. And he did, But the, his magic is the same. Every so often a new magician comes along, like David Blaine, who will sit there and look a bit peculiar and go, talk to the eye. And he sat there and we all go, yes, love. Very interesting. But uh, he's just a magician. It's just another way of selling magic. And if it sells magic, gets people interested, Great. But he's not doing anything that I've not seen before. I mean, don't seriously believe he can actually walk on water, do you? Unless, of course, some, probably some people believe that kind of thing. I don't know. Oh, wait, four, five, six, oh, six, oh, nine, seven, three. I might be wrong about Denise Welsh. You might go, oh, isn't it a shame? Poor old Denise Welsh. You know, there she is on television. You know, the papers hound her. She milks it. She milks it. Go on. 
risk it. Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Did you see Madonna at the Super Bowl? Was she playing American football? No. She just came on and did some half hearted entertainment where she sang a few songs. Who cares? Who cares? The Americans make a big deal about the Super Bowl. They get very excited. In the same way over here, we get sort of as excited about getting a kebab in a box with chips on a Saturday night. It's about as exciting. But the Americans go, it's Madonna, it's fantastic. You know, as I say, you could have put, uh, you could have put the Teletubbies on there, still would have got an audience of 100 million. I wouldn't have expected anybody, uh, anybody less. And so they've, they've taken loads of pictures of her on stage, looking like, I don't know. I mean, it was half-time. And you know what happens at half-time, don't you, the Super Bowl... They're all going to get something to eat and go to the toilet. So they get an audience of 100 million. Not in the, th- not in the stadium. They're all going, sorry, is there, is there something? should we go to the toilet? Let's go to the toilet. Go and get a, a fruit juice or something like that. And that's what they do. And they say here, this, this performance would have left most 53-year-olds gasping for breath. It's not like she's an old-age pensioner. She's very fit. She's extremely fit. It's almost an insult, isn't it, to say that, uh, you know, they've said here, the American gyrated in thigh-length stiletto boots. We've all got them. We've all got stiletto boots. We could all gyrate at home. Pole dancing, fairly popular around my neck of the woods. But she had this sort of uh, an Indiana, uh, an Indianopolis or whatever it is, a, a feather-covered chariot. It's just, you know, it's it's flogging an album, isn't it? It's flogging, and that's all it is. It's flogging an album. It's only Madonna, for God's sake. Get over yourselves. Holiday, holiday. You know, how much of it was live and how much was Memorex? That's what I want to know. But as I say, most people at the Super Bowl, they're not interested in the entertainment. All they're interested in is, uh, can we get another hot dog <clears throat> and a giant Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola or something like that? It's all very exciting. Or in Denise Welsh's case, you know, <sighs> drink. Give me another drink. Uh, in, the, uh, in the papers today, it's, it's the usual stuff. You know, the, the dying high street. And uh, I'd, I'd like to hear from you a bit later on. And not, not at this precise moment, because I'm cooking with gas at the moment. I, I really can't be bothered. Uh, I want to find out whether or not your high street is dying. Ours, in Twickenham, looks pretty healthy. Richmond looks pretty healthy. Habitat have gone, and the early learning centre, but then Habitat was just selling a load of old tat. I don't know why anybody ever bought stuff in Habitat. I used to wander in on a regular basis, looking to find something innovative, looking to find something that I could take home. Even their Christmas lights were naff. You know, even their Christmas lights, they didn't improve every year. It was the same ones they trotted out for four or five years. I bought a few things. I think I bought a clock from there, and uh, some glasses... But there was nothing that would keep... It, it, it's in the same way that HMV is clinging on, you know, by strands at the moment, for the simple reason that people order on the internet. People go to the internet. You can save a small... Fo- I went out... <clears throat> changing the subject completely. Uh, I went to a garden centre the other week to buy some um, Yankee Candle inserts. I'll have to explain what they are in a minute, because uh, I thought I got a good deal until I went on to Amazon. So I'll tell you about that in a moment because it's LBC's early breakfast. It's nice to know that even more of you are listening at quarter past four. LBC 97 Allen. In a foul mood this morning. I don't know why, actually. I was doing fine until we opened the chocolate biscuits. And that was uh, pushed by the, by the producer who started droning on about, you know, what was going on in her private life and her mother. And, oh, dear, and Pollock and everything. And I, do you know, I came in and I thought, I'm going to need medication before this, this morning is out. Uh, actually, just going back to Dan's uh, email a moment ago, he said, what do you think of the magicians on Saturday evening? If you go, prepare yourself for a long wait. My boss told me he went the other day, because uh, it's filmed in Shepparton, and it's live, but there's inserts. Four and a half hours, he said. My son wanted to go to the toilet. He said, and they won't, they won't let you out. 
Yeah, you're kind of stuck in there, which makes it a bit difficult for some people who probably have weak bladders. I don't know what you do if you're diabetic and you need to go to the toilet. I suppose they just get... Well, you just have to wet yourself, I suppose. But uh, they've had some glaring errors on it, which, as lay people, in inverted commas, many of you would not notice. Magicians sit there and go, ooh, goodness me, why have they done that bit there? But uh, on the subject of Dynamo, listen, if, if, it, if it actually gets people, you know, watching magic on the television, I'm all in favour of it. But he's not doing anything that nobody else is doing. I'm a, I seriously promise you, there's nothing, there is nothing new in magic. There are new ways of doing things, but it's still the same. It's either an appearance, a vanish, a prediction, you know, that, that's, that's all it is. Or you get, somebody, you get somebody who does close-up magic, and then you get somebody who does box tricks. You know, they do stage magic or parlour magic. Anybody can walk on water, Steve. Add custard. Yes, I saw that children's programme as well, where they actually discovered that if you filled a swimming pool with custard, you could walk across it, albeit fairly quickly, before you started sinking, and then they had to try and get you out, because the custard forms this layer. Not, not the hard skin on the top. It's, it's because it actually... I don't, I don't know how it works, actually. I can't remember what it was. It was one of those stupid experiments which they do on television every so often. You know, if you set fire to a caravan, how high will it blow itself in the air? And, um... And, and, and that's it. That's how it works, I suppose. Oh, dear, I don't know. So we'll talk about the high street this morning. Uh, we will talk about... Can you believe... Can you believe that there is some woman in the paper today and she says, I'm always getting drunk with my 11-year-old son. I mean, what sort of pond life is she? An 11-year-old boy gets drunk with his mother. They must be the lowest of the low. I mean, far from feeling sorry for these people, I don't feel sorry for these people. I just think they're ignorant. They're stupid. She's probably the sort of woman who had no idea how she got pregnant in the first place. They're these sort of people. To get drunk with your 11-year-old son. I've never heard anything like it. I mean, admittedly, when we were younger, if we had Sunday lunch, then my brother could have a beer that was watered down and I could have a glass of wine, but I never started drinking till I was 18. Hated that caught up quick. Caught up very quick, but I mean, I, but I, I, I wasn't remotely interested. Wasn't remotely interested. But uh, she says, we always get drunk together. The lad, who was more than twice the drink-drive limit after swinging vodka, and, swigging vodka and lager, was staggering into the road. I mean, just, they were arguing outside a... I want to see a picture of this woman. I want to make sure that people who live near her avoid her like the plague. He was pulling a large, large red toy fire engine when he fell off when he tried to sit on it. Because he was drunk, and she was with him as well. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. He had a large bottle of what appeared to be bright green-flavoured vodka shot. I don't do vodka shots. I've seen it. I've seen vodka shots. They come in all different colours, and they, they do them in bars and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's just, just a way of getting you drunk very quickly. And w once you've actually got yourself drunk, then you sit in the corner and that's it. And there's no point. I never people say, oh, I had a really great night. And you go, what, what sort of great night did you have? Oh, I got completely blathered last night. Got my boobs out. I go, listen, Denise, it's not big and it's not clever, dear. You're just an embarrassment. This, this uh, young lad, 11, had 187 milligrams of alcohol in his blood. I mean, it just, I must be, I must be in the wrong country. I must be in the wrong country. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? That people sort of go out there, and because there are loads of places where you can buy cheap, cheap booze, they just think, oh, we'll go and booze away. And these are, these, are, these are the people who are probably living in assisted accommodation, probably on benefit, she is, and they don't contribute anything to the economy. 
As far as I'm concerned, you take people like that, Denise Welsh, this, uh, this dangerous hate preacher, Abu Qatada, a rather stupid little girl's blouse, as far as I'm concerned, you stick him in an aeroplane, you fly over the Atlantic, you open the door and you push the whole bloody lot out. And you go, I tell you what, swim. Swim. Hoping that they drown on the way back. We could do ourselves a favour and save us. One of these days we'll have some nice news. Oh, I've got some nice news. Some nice news. Something to put a smile on your face. Do you remember those nice military wives who did that wherever you are? And they had the lead singer who's covered in tattoos, which made them look a bit cheap, but the rest of them looked all right. And then, of course, she gets all the coverage in the paper because people are saying, oh, you know, she, nothing. I'm proud of my tattoos, as most people who've got tattoos say. I'm very proud of my tattoos. Of course you are, darling. Of course you are. And uh, anyway, they've raised more than half a million pounds for charity. Isn't that great? Because they were the Christmas number one. They, uh, they toppled Little Minx's, Little Mix, sorry, off the, uh, that's that all, the, that's the only girl band where every single one is unattractive. I mean, normally in a group you might find one who's attractive. Little Minx mixes, you know, not one is attractive. You've never seen anything like it. They look like they were pulled out of Lucky Bags. And you sit there looking at them going, what is it? And they go, I don't know, perhaps it's a plastic toy. I used to do that with Lucky Bags years ago. You used to spend your threepence. You get the bag home, you get a mangled toffee, a couple of us got palmer violets, and then something in a plastic bag in which you had to assemble. That's what Little Mix looked like. They looked like that. The only unattractive girl group in the history of everything. But uh, well done to Gareth Malone. £503,000, which went to the Royal British Legion and the, uh, and the uh, Saffir Forces help as well, which is good. Just goes to prove how much money can be made. If you write a record, see, the writer will make some money. And, uh, and they, the girls don't get anything, but they got the glory of appearing on the television, which was very good indeed. And everybody loves Gareth Malone. Everybody loves Gareth Malone. It's like everybody at the moment, I couldn't care less what he did. He could stand naked on Tower Bridge and dive off clutching a vodka bottle. We would forgive Daniel Radcliffe anything. The fact that he said he drank during Harry Potter just made it marginally more interesting as far as I was concerned. Because I thought the films were a pile of old poo. I thought they were absolute rubbish. I didn't read the books. I did watch the films. Apparently, James O'Brien can speak... Some, there's a snake in it that speaks... And he can speak this language, because his kids watch this all the time. There's a special name for this, this sort of language. And he said he knows the films backwards. So he was really upset when I told him yesterday. I said, I've got, I've got Daniel coming in on Thursday to pre-record for In Conversation, because yesterday I went and sat in a, in a darkened uh, little movie theatre with a lot of very grubby-looking people, and, uh, and we all sat there and watched The Woman in Black. And I tried not to scream. It's not easy. It's a very dark, dark movie. I don't know why I put myself through it. I don't know why I go to... The, I was speaking to somebody yesterday, and, uh, and she said she loved going to the movies to get scared. And I said, well, in this one, it's, it, because it's so dark, it's, it's that old thing which we've had before on the on the movies where you know you arrive at this house and it's got all creepers all over it and it's very dark and you open the front door and it's all and there's no electricity it's candles and then and there's a shadowy figure and you think don't go in the house and then at one point in the film I'm not going to give it away or tell you what the story is because you have to go and see it but uh, at one point he hears a noise in the cellar don't go in the cellar there's nasty things in the cellar. You know he's going to walk down that staircase very slowly and then something might happen. Don't go in the cellar. I would be back on the coach and over the causeway because you can only get to the house at low tide. The road is exposed at low tide 
and it's all to do... It's, it's, it's not a convoluted story. It's very easy to follow. It's just that you better brace yourself. If you're an incontinent person, don't go. OK, I'm only saying that if you're a person with a pacemaker, don't go. If you're a person with a weak heart, don't go. And if you're easily frightened by somebody going, boo, don't go. But that frightened a few people. Somebody's just driven off the road into a ditch. I can just tell now. It'll be Lou on the way in for a Buckinghamshire heart attack. Can you imagine heart attack? What was the last thing he was listening to? LBC. Oh, good. That'll just about do it, won't it? But uh, it's very, very frightening. Very, very frighteningly. Galileo, Galileo, Galileo Figaro. He's just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. No more sugar for me this morning, I tell you. It works. Isn't it amazing? Sugar has this, this unbelievable thing with diabetics. I mean, it affects you within seconds. It's so good. All I've had is three chocolate biscuits this morning. It's like another person. <laughs> Producer will be going, we shouldn't let him have chocolate biscuits. We really shouldn't. I mean, he was better on the shortbread yesterday. Chocolate just seems... Shortbread I was fine with. Sh- short, shortbread's OK, because there's sugar in it, but not as much as in the chocolate, where you get the chocolate in the filling... And, sorry, the sugar in the filling, and you get the chocolate on the outside, and then you get the biscuit. And it's really like, woo, 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 woo. I mean, it's really, it's catching up with me at the moment. Gosh. Uh, other stories of the play. Oh, not again. David Beckham. Oh, hitting back at claims. His underwear is being made in sweatshops in China. Well, to be honest with you, you know, the Chinese probably turn out more underwear than anywhere else. I would think most of Marks and Spencer's underwear comes from China, because that's how you can make it at that price. Uh, the, uh, the company, uh, HM, have said, um, that they, they, they don't tell you where it's made. I think they, they have admitted that, yes, it's, uh, it is actually made in China, but they won't tell you which factory. And I think they're about £9.99 for a pair of pants. Now, I don't know how that, that goes for women's underwear, because I've never bought women's underwear. Well, I mean, not that I'm prepared to tell you about this morning, but uh, I just wonder, it's probably about the same sort of price here. And uh, he actually got £2.2 million for this. So that's why he's appearing with Jonathan Ross on Saturday, and that's why he's doing it, because it's, it's a fee-paying gig. It's a fee-paying gig. And uh, so here, you know, apparently Joey Barton has, has, uh, has tweeted again, you know, you wish Joey Barton had just disappeared. Another, another stupid quote from the most, most, world's most idiotic man. He's another one I think I'm shoving in my plane to push out. Go somewhere else. Go somewhere else, Joey. Nobody's interested. Nobody's interested. Cruel cyber creeps, like those who've targeted Cher Lloyd and Natasha Giggs, are on the increase. More, more cases coming up into court. There was a guy the other day who was tweeting some racist stuff about football, and uh, he's in court now. He's in court. The police grabbed him. He's in court. He's had to admit two charges, because you can't really deny it. It's not, it's not good enough to say, well, somebody else was using the computer. It's your computer. You're responsible for it. And if it's come from your computer, they're going to they're gonna do you. I mean, to be honest with you, I couldn't give a stuff about Cher Lloyd, and I'm not remotely interested in, in Natasha Giggs. But we have to stop any cyberbullying. Anybody that writes anything offensive, then, then quite clearly you have to take them to court. You absolutely take them to court. And there is a Safer Internet Day, and it's a, a study by the charity Beat Bullying. 350,000 kids. 350,000. That's one in 13 experience regular bullying on social network sites. Unbelievable. Marks and Spencer have got factories in Sri Lanka as well. Really? Gosh. I wonder if the underwear gets made in Sri Lanka. That takes on a whole new meaning, actually. You think? I'll have to go and have a look, actually, a little bit later on. Uh, lots of pictures in the uh, paper. To- oh, I'll tell you, I knew it was going to happen. I started a rumour a short while ago, and it's gathered momentum. I'm quite excited by it. The rumour was that little Mark Wright, you know, the dumbest presenter on the television, the one who can't read auto-cue, he's- I put out the rumour he's losing his hair. 
The Daily Star have picked up on it, and they've now said he's stressing over his hairline because it's falling out. It's falling out. He's looking a bit like Arge. That's why you sort of tease, you know, two little strands of cotton into a bouffant, a bit like Barbara Cartland. And poor old Mark Wright has said that going bald would be his worst nightmare. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'll tell you why it's going to happen. Because boys lose their hair quicker than ladies. Ladies have thinning hair, you know, sometimes, but you can get sort of all sorts of things. But Mark, because he'll be primped and preemed and all sorts of things for, for television appearances, not that there's that many of them, the hair's falling out. I mean, it's awful. I mean, he needs to have a word with Christo, because Christo's had this, this toupee made for him. And it's lovely. It was made, it was made by yaks and, and made by, by sort of monks, I think, in Tibet. And it was sent over by, by courier. But it came over by, by pigeon, actually. And Christo's wearing it now. And it's, it's very... I mean, to be honest with you, it suits him, if only it was in the right colour. You know, he's, he has it in the wrong colour, and it's, it's not the best I've ever seen. Whereas Anthony Davis's one is phenomenal. It's really good. It's LBC 97.3. Look at that, 4.30. With Steve Allen. Morning. Did your parents let you drink at home at 11? I only mention it because there's, there's this woman in the, in the paper today who says, I'm always getting drunk with my 11-year-old son. I mean, I just see that as the lowest of the low. I can't think of anything more horrendous. Did your parents drink in front of you? B from Hackney says, I used to like Denise Welsh, Steve, but now she's an absolute disgrace. You're right, Loose Women has become the Denise Welsh show. I feel sorry for Timmy, deserves better than this embarrassment for a wife. Well, I mean, they've, they've split up, but to be honest with you, I thought it finished years ago. I seriously thought it finished years ago. It isn't the first time she's embarrassed him, and, uh, and she's lied on television. She's lied. Actually, most of her life has been a lie, really. But uh, this, is, this is what they call in this country, this is your 15 minutes of fame. This is your 15 minutes of fame. This is sort of, you know, drunk woman who, you know, who splits up from husband. That makes you a celebrity now. The rest of you must be wondering where the hell you went wrong. Ridiculous. I totally agree with you, says Ali and Catford. Denise Welsh is appalling. I wish we had some strong, inspiring women instead of listening to their pathetic drivel on loose women. I mean, I thought the whole idea of the loose women was, and I may have got this wrong, but I thought the brief was, some opinionated, strong women sat on television and discussed issues of the day, not droned on about their dreary private life. I'm not remotely interested. As far as I'm concerned, this isn't sort of remedial television. This isn't some sort of therapy. This is supposed to be a programme. It was like... Imagine Anton Deck going on their programme and going, oh, it's been terrible. Deck's had a terrible time with his girlfriend. And this, you'd be going, get on with the show. I don't care. I mean, perhaps all, that's, that's what women want to talk about on television. Perhaps all the women's sports presenters just sit there and start crying about how naff their lives are and how dreadful their relationships are. No, it's, it's detracted from the programme. Like me discussing my illness or something like that. You wouldn't find that on LBC. Me coming in there and talking about how ill I am and sort of having a bit of a cough and talk about diabetes and everything. That's ridiculous. I've never anything like it in my life. Kim, morning. Good morning, Steve. Morning. Um, yeah, talking about this awful, terrible woman that drinks with her 11-year-old son. I've never heard of it. Oh, I, I tell you, when you said that... Um, uh, let me tell you that we love your show. My brother and I are sat here from 4 o'clock listening to you. When you said, what kind of pond life is this woman? My brother and I sat here in unison at the same time and said, she's not pond life, she's the scum that lives on top of the pond. I mean, and I, I mean my, my, my parents never, never really... I mean, a bottle of, of vodka in our place could last for years. Absolutely, I remember the same thing. You know, my parents had a, a cabinet with alcohol in it, mm. and it was for when, you know, family members came over and on the odd occasion they would sit down and have a drink, but... Or a it, sherry. Yeah, exactly. Sherry and those sorts of things, or yeah. a bottle of wine. Yeah. But it lasted for years, and you didn't... You'd, I very rarely saw my parents drinking. No. And, no. And, I mean, we're 
teetotalers. We don't drink at all. So uh, We used yeah. to have a little... It was like a beer barrel, and you opened the doors at the front, and it had lots of old bottles in there, which had been <laughs> in there for donkey's years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I just... I, I don't know. I mean, an 11-year-old boy. Yes. What chance does he even stand in life? Well, I mean... To be honest with you, at 11 years old, I was still playing with toy cars. I never yeah. even thought about... In fact, alcohol didn't even come into it. No, exactly. You Do you think he smokes as well? Oh, that's just... It's ridiculous. That child needs to be taken away by social services. Well, he has been. He's, he's been taken into care now. Oh, although, the, although, the, although the mother said, I've done nothing wrong. Oh, mm. I mean, you cannot deal with rank stupidity. No, absolutely not. I mean, I was looking at... There's another story in the paper today. I don't know if you remember that man in uh, in Norway <clears throat> who took a machine gun and went onto the island where all the kids oh, were yes, and massacred. Yes. He's in court saying he should be given a medal oh. and uh, and he thinks, you know, he's done nothing wrong at all. In fact, he's done everybody a favour. Oh, and I'm that's... thinking, why are you even bothering with a court case? Yeah, no, that is just ridiculous. You can't deal with people who are, who are so sick. You just... <laughs> you have to put them to sleep. No, I know. And it was just like, you know, listening to Christo's show earlier as well. Some of the horrendous things that happened to, to, to those people that were calling in the courage of them, yeah. calling in about their children, you know, the, what the things that happened to them in their childhood. Oh, there was one boy abused by his father. I know. From the age I of know. three. I know. Makes our lives seem so normal and so far removed. Yeah, I know. From it's anything. Just... I mean, sometimes you open up the papers and I sit there with my head in my hands, despairing at the at the emptiness of it all. Yeah, I know. You just have to wonder, you know, is uh, you know, is there any good out there? I mean, there is. We yeah, know there is, there is yeah. and that's that's what makes you carry on, isn't it? I'll put it this way: you always look at sort of other people's life and think, there, but for the grace of God, go I. And Absolutely. then I look on the front page of every paper today, and there is ridiculous Denise Lewis, uh, Denise yeah. Welsh, on the front of every paper because she lied. Yeah, and I know. She's a and drunk. do you know that program? I can't even bear to watch that program. No. When I was in the United States, I watched the program that that, that it's that the Denise Welsh show was supposed to be based on, and it is a fantastic program in That's the United the View, States. Yes, yeah. But here, I can't even sit and watch Loose Women. It is just terrible. Well, I wanted, and I thought the whole idea was at the beginning, that they were... I mean, but you always accepted on the panel that you had somebody who sort of led the panel. It used to be Kay Adams, and then obviously yes. she was a bit too good for them, so they mm. sort of went went a bit down market. Then we had Colleen on there, who just wanted to rest her bosoms on the desk. Mm. <laughs> and then we had um, a few... And, and then you always knew, at the very end, Sherry Houston was the mad as a brush one. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. would always come up with something really stupid. But the rest of them, you could, you could be relied on to come up with a serious debate. Now it's turned into how they can't keep their lives together. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't even watch the thing, but I've, I've seen, you know, clips of it and bits and pieces. But it's just horrendous. It's just a, it's a joke, the whole thing. Who, who cares? You know, Tim and I split up months ago. Who cares? That's exactly. your business. Keep it exactly. quiet. But now, of course, she'll be selling the story. There'll be an OK photo shoot after this. Oh, no. Well, it's, no. It's, it, it drones, you know, that's, that's how bad it's got in this country, where we sort of applaud any sad old drunk who wants to lay their life on the line, and they think that they're, they're doing us a favour. Yeah, no, I they're agree not. totally. A cup of tea and a piece of toast, I'll be quite happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you keep going, because we love your show. Thank it's you, fantastic. Kim. You bring a smile to our faces every morning. That's what we like to hear. You have a, you have a nice time down there. She's in uh, Bristol. We're talking about that lady, the, the one who... Who let her kid of eleven? Eleven? I mean, like, it's tantamount to child abuse, isn't it? I mean, I would think you let a kid of eleven drink. So at eleven, he's able to drink. We had pictures in the paper. I've seen them over the years, and you'll remember as well. Where you've got kids of five and six smoking because the parents smoke. And I see people. I mean, I 
I, I walk down the high street, even in Twickenham, and we do get, my God, we get some pond life in Twickenham occasionally. It comes in on the buses. It's not from our area. It's people who sort of come in to sort of do their sort of shopping in the charity shops and things like that. And you see mums there with sort of a pram, and we do seem to get the unattractive ones. I mean, I've got, seriously, I mean, some of them are just dreadful. And they've got a fag on, leaning over the kid. You half expect the baby to pull a fag out and start, start smoking. It's, it's as bad as that, I'm afraid. And I think we've actually got a fairly, uh, fairly good high street. But there is a report in the paper today that one in seven shops on the UK high streets have stood empty. And uh, we've actually not done too badly. We lost Woolworths, and then we got Poundland... Uh, for that reader shop that's sort of fairly inexpensive for most things, but other times it's a bit more expensive. In fact, I've discovered that some of the sweets in Iceland are cheaper than Poundland, so I, I find that a bit better. And also, they've never got enough people on the tills. Have you noticed how people on tills have only got... Their, they're, they're a bit monosyllabic. Uh, next, please. Oi! Next, please. You go, yeah, all right, I can see you, dear. I can see you. And then you stand there with about 20 items. They go, do you want a bag? And I look at them blankly and go... What do you reckon? You know, because they're so dumb in these shops. They really are incredible. Why do people ask you for bags all the time? I said before that in Marks and Spencers, they have to do 17 items a minute over the magic eye. You know, they've got to get the customers through fart. Waitrose, it's like you, you can die standing at the checkout. They're in no rush whatsoever. Let's move this over here. Then, and we, I mean, they're like death, most of the people who work in Waitrose. I think they must have deliberately gone down to a very, very old people's home and employed them for their sort of just couldn't really care less. Oh, dear. I even heard two people the other day in the wine department swearing. Swearing! You feel like saying to someone, excuse me, oh, God, I don't... if I was managing some of these shops, I tell you, we'd be getting through staff a little bit quicker. A little bit quicker. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. What would be your punishment for somebody who gave an eleven-year-old alcohol? I mean, it's it's just dreadful. This is the, the gun maniac, the right-wing extremist who killed seventy-seven people in Norway. I'm sorry, I might be a little bit draconian on this one, but uh, what do you reckon? Lethal injection? He killed seventy-seven people. He's shown no remorse. He's shown nothing. I mean, I can't, I can't even get my head round it. He actually came in and gave a salute and uh, stretched out his arms in what his lawyer said was some kind of right-wing extremist greeting. Well, he's, he's quite clearly mentally ill. I mean, he's quite clear. I mean, I think he's even beyond mentally ill. And um, he actually made remarks asking to be released and told the judge he should be awarded Norway's highest military medal. I mean, I'm sorry I found him as, as repulsive and disgusting as Ceausescu. Remember how that, uh, that mass murderer... Ceausescu and his murdering wife sat in court smirking and they were found guilty and sentenced to death and he sat there going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they took him out and shot him straight away. The wife sat there, the look on her face was a picture because they took her out and shot her next. Frankly, with this bloke in, in Norway, why would you bother keeping him alive? He murdered 77 people. Mind you, over here, you'd probably get a free trip to the Bahamas or something stupid if you mowed down a whole school or something like that. But uh, over there, they're, they're putting up with this idiot. I don't... I, I really can't understand. I'm afraid I, I would be a little bit more... a little bit more hang'em and flog'em brigade. It's like I'm almost... I'm borderline on that with Madonna because she's dressed up as a so-called Egyptian princess. And they think this is some big deal in the newspapers nowadays. Um, Kirsty McCabe is leaving the weather. I'm ever so sorry, Kirsty love. I've got no idea who you are. No idea at all. Oh, she's, she's uh, leaving the, she, the daybreak show. I've still got no idea who you are. No idea. To be honest with you, I don't think you really need weather people. 
on television. I think, you know, all you need is a, is a thing coming up going, today, open your window and look outside, OK? That's what the weather's going to be like. OK, take a small umbrella with you and maybe sort of a pack or something. Stop being such wusses. You know, I wonder what the weather's like. We all have to find out. Different if it's going to be, you know, a tsunami or a storm or trees are going to come crashing down and everything else. But frankly, if it's just going to be a normal weather day, who cares? Apparently, newsreader Tasmin Khan got her marching orders last month. Apparently, she... uh, uh, Bosses reportedly felt she was part of the old show. Tasmin Khan, I thought she was fairly new. Wasn't she fairly new for Daybreak? I don't know, I lose track of these people. I know they've actually changed the set. It's as boring as the Blue Peter set now. God, blimey, don't say anything like it. They must be operating from a shoebox. Uh, Kirsty said last night, all good things must come to an end. I've had the time of my life, but the right time now is to move on. She only reads the weather. I've had the time... She only reads weather. That's all she does. He said, they obviously have these over-opinionated thoughts of themselves, don't they? Ridiculous. Never seen anything like it in my life. Never seen anything like it. Uh, Other stories in the paper today. There's uh, the Queen... And her, her diamond jubilee. She does look very good, doesn't she? For 85. 85. She looks good for 85. I like that, actually. And, uh, oh, they're talking about uh, this morning. And uh, Holly Willoughby collecting the Best Factual Show trophy. Uh, Ali Ross says it's dire. Well, it certainly is when you had somebody like Crystal Warren. Remember Crystal Warren, the man who who was a woman who'd slept with loads of people. And then Eamon, who really is just, just so awful, I'm afraid, uh, talking about... You know, why did you not consider being a prostitute and that sort of... I mean, he's just really low rent, I'm afraid. And, uh, and unfortunately, also low rent. The only way is Essex, where life continues to imitate art, as Lauren Poppy wants to remove her breast implants and replace them with some even more massic, massive boobs. And uh, she's willing to actually do this on television because she's about as low rent as they get, which is good. TV's best factual show, Q&A of the Week... That's question and answer. Jenny Faulkner, my birthday is two days before Valentine's Day. Holly Willoughby, when is it? Jenny Faulkner, Feb the 12th. It's kind of a tough one, that, Holly, isn't it? Kind of tough, I realise. Sometimes engage brain before opening mouth. Doesn't work all the time, does it? Oh, my goodness me, what on earth is that? There's a woman here, the new look for Butlin's red coats. You know, it's very nice, it just means they're wearing a red jacket. And... She's got very high boots on. You never better walk and do stuff like this, you know, and sort of do sort of running around. And also, uh, people aren't toilet training children anymore. Oh, well, they've lost another one of those bank machines. Somebody turned up in the early hours of the morning with a tractor. I wonder what sort of people have access to a tractor. And um, and they drove in and they removed the entire wall and the bank machine. What sort of oh sorry? What sort of people would they be, ladies and gentlemen? They'd be called thieves, wouldn't they? Quarter to five. London's biggest conversation. L. Steve Allen. Morning. Uh, Noreen says, I think you'll love Diamond Queen. Beatrice and Eugenie have speaking parts, and Freebie Andy is hanging on as usual, but the Queen is fantastic. She's she's not bad. I mean, do you ever think we're going to see Prince Charles as king? I th- if it is, it's going to be for seconds, isn't it? It's just, it's just not going to, it's, it's just not going to work. I don't think she has no intention of standing down. She said it's for life, <clears throat> you know, and I and I firmly believe that it is for life. I mean, that she shows no sign of illness. Occasionally, she gets a little cold. Philip's had his uh, stent put in, and that's it. Uh, Bridget says, as I know, you're an animal lover. Can you warn people that the rock salt being spread on the roads and pavements is dangerous to dogs and cats? They lick their paws, which can lead to all sorts of serious health problems, so people should wash the salt off their dog's paws when they get back from a walk. Antifreeze 
It's lethal to animals. So there you go. She said, we couldn't come to the show on Saturday, but Jackie and Karen had our tickets. I think they liked it. I think they liked the show very much indeed, which is, uh, which is good news. And um, it's, uh, it's Charles Dickens' birthday today. And uh, an Avril tells me that tickets are available for the play below. And this is... I haven't got anything. I didn't... There's no attachment there, I'm afraid. There's no attachment on it. So if you, if you let me know what the attachment is, I shall do it uh, for you. Uh, Clive is in Sri Lanka. But it's lovely over there. I bet, I bet the weather's delicious over there at the moment. I bet it's absolutely delicious. For some reason, I've got this thing about little tiny kebabs dipped in, um, in peanut sauce at the moment. I could go for something like that. L- like little satay. Uh, Chris in East London. He says, uh, no wonder the loose women are called loose women. Yes, I, I think that kind of sums them up, really, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. It's called Parcel Tongue. This is the snake talk in the Harry Potter films. J- James O'Brien can do it. Whereas I didn't really quite understand what it was. I had no idea, but he's, he's watched, uh, watched loads of them. Uh, Steve says, Julie, have you been to Feltham recently? No, it's got a Young Offenders Institute, I know that. We've got an Asda, a next to other key shops, very posh, now almost like stains upon Thames. Actually, I bumped into a friend of mine the other day, and she was off to Feltham to go shopping, and I thought Feltham was a bit low-rent. But she said, no, it's OK now. So hello to Noreen, Winnie and Brian, which is nice. And on the subject of the high street, and they've also got a shoe shop full of Ugg boots. It's the area, isn't it, I think, for, for Ugg boots. Um, one here. We like your Galileo solo. And tell your agent to get you sponsored by Cadbury's. The audience is all in favour. I know, chocolate has this, this strange effect on me. Almost, almost notice that people can always tell when I've had chocolate. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's Smarties or anything else like that. Um, from the age of six, says Justin, my parents allowed myself and my sister half a glass of uh, half red wine, half water with our Sunday lunch. This was done to show us there was no big deal with alcohol. I drink rarely. Maybe a glass of wine with dinner or a measure of decent whiskey as a nightcap from time to time. And I believe that my parents' attitude allowed me to learn how to drink in an acceptable manner. For me, the hiding of alcohol from children will cause an unhealthy interest when they're finally allowed to drink. That's like saying to a child, and I'm going to sneeze, so I do beg my pardon. <coughs> thank you. <coughs> and another one. There you go. And uh, bless me, thank you. I don't think you're supposed to say bless me. You have to get somebody else to do it for you. But, uh, but you're right. I had a cousin whose parents didn't want him to eat sweets. And so they didn't allow him to eat sweets. So when he became a bit older, he went ballistic on buying sweets. Because it, it was like the rebelling. It's like, if, if somebody says to you as a child, don't do this because it'll make you sick, like smoking, you immediately want to try it. And the moment you, you try it, you go, well, actually, I wasn't sick. I wasn't sick at all. Stephen Bridlington says you want to try some, some Victory V's or Fisherman's Friends, because of your throat. Actually, I bought some uh, Fisherman's Friends the other day. They didn't make the slightest difference. But when I wake up in the morning, I have no voice whatsoever. It sort of comes back, um, you know, slowly but... Uh, Slowly but surely. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, you know my town centre, the water garden end is new and nice. The Harvey Centre needs to fill the empty shops. But the Market Square has had Yates Wine Bar, cheap fags and boob shops. Uh, sorry, boob shops and booze shops and Greg's. He said, good morning to all the Facebookers. Because I love you, the photo with you and Jackie taken on Saturday at the show. See, Greg's is, is, I mean, I don't know what shops in the high street mean that your high street isn't particularly posh. I'm assuming Poundland means that it's not a particularly posh area, although we've got one in Twickenham. But, I mean, what else could you do with it? So, the Woolworths was enormous. And we've got a Greg's because we've got a college. And, and the, the students that go there like to eat cheap 
pasties and stuff like that, so they go to Greg's. And yet, I'm trying to think if they've got one in Richmond. I'm going through Richmond in my mind. They've got sandwich shops and a fish and chip shop. Have they got a Greg's? No, they haven't. They haven't. They've got a Waitrose and a Tesco on the main street, and they do sandwiches. And they've, they've, they've got a Pret-a-Manger, and they've got Costa Coffee, and they've got Starbucks. But I don't think there's a Greg's. They've got a Paul's as well. Paul's is, is fairly sort of upmarket patisserie, which is lovely. And, uh, and people seem to like that. Um, how right you are, says Maria, about Denise Welsh. Loose women used to have sensible, meaningful debates. Now it's just four old baggages having a moan. Denise Welsh should go back to Geordieland, never to return. Tim Ely's better off. I just feel sorry for the children. Jan in South Norwood said, my favourite magician was Faye Presto. I love the constant patter. And uh, your brother told me he writes all of your material. Oh, he would say that, wouldn't he? And uh, Kay Adams left Loose Women to have a baby and was supposed to return to the programme, says Joanna. Unfortunately, she didn't. It's been dreadful rubbish ever since. It's, it's low rent. It's a bit like this morning. It's low rent. They're, they're appealing to the lowest common denominator. They won't do anything that is remotely sensible. But now it's just turned into some, some drivelling programme about people who've got problems in their, in their private life, which has got nothing to do with people. I don't come in here and ask my bosses how their private life's gone. They generally tell me. And, uh, you know, <laughs> couldn't get the car out of the snow today and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I wonder as well, at what age did your parents allow you to drink uh, after the, uh, the 11-year-old and his mum? She says, she's 37, I always get drunk with him. He's 11. I don't know whether... I mean, I know you get some kids who are big for their age and, you know, he, he might look like a big 11, but he's still 11 and he's not supposed to be drinking alcohol. I suppose, really, does it come down to parents whether they want to let their child drink alcohol or is it now up to social services to intervene, which they have done, and they've, uh, they've taken him away? But uh, he was hospitalised after getting drunk with his mother because he's 11 and he's, he's not used to drinking. She's 37. She might be an alcoholic, I've got no idea. But you don't let your 11-year-old son drink... But anyway, they were arguing outside a shop. He then threw liquid in his mum's face. He's 11. He threw liquid in his mum's face because he was drunk. And she grabbed him by the shoulder and poured the remaining lager over his head. I mean... I mean, you just wonder what sort of... what sort of people these are. The woman who can't be named to protect her son. I think she should be named. I want her named and shamed. She was given a 12-month supervision order... Uh, Neighbours in Hull said the woman lived alone after the son had been taken into care. One said, when we see her, she's always drunk. As if it's like an excuse nowadays, isn't it? As if it's an excuse. And what could you do to improve your high street? I mean, in our case, I think I would get rid of all the fast food shops. Because I think the fast food shops attract the wrong sort of people. You know, cheap rubbish food. Luckily, we did get rid of one pizza place. It changed hands about five times. You know, at one time it had an explosion. And, uh, strange enough, wasn't insured. Big surprise there. But uh, we've, we've had all sorts of places in there. Most of them, it's, it's cheap, rubbish food. And it's obviously appealing to students, because the people of Twickenham know how to cook. Well, I mean, I don't, but there's other people out there. But I, I, I tend to only eat in the restaurants or a couple of the pubs there. I wouldn't dream of going into a place and ordering a, a pizza or a kebab or something. I might have done years and years ago, but, uh, but not any more, I'm afraid. Not any more. Uh, Daily Mail today. Apparently, you can be fabulous at 50. I only mention this because Simon Cowell is in all the papers today, and uh, he says he spends more than an hour, an hour a day in front of the mirror. Welshmen are the least interested in maintaining their looks. 
Well, that figures, doesn't it? I mean, you've only got to see Welshmen on the television to realise. Uh, he was accused of being two hours late for Britain's Got Talent audition. This is Simon Cowell, because he was in the bath. Well, I don't see a problem with that. You couldn't say two hours in the bath, though, could you? Could sit for two hours in a shower, that'd be nice. And apparently 12% of men across the UK are investing almost an hour a day on their looks. London, men reign in vain. In other words, we're obviously the vainest. Uh, one in four men in the capital take over 45 minutes to spruce up. At least. It takes me an hour to get ready in the morning. I cannot get ready, ready in, a, in a shorter period of time. It takes an hour from the moment... I know, an hour to get ready. And it's, I, mean, just, I mean, to be honest with you, you'd think actually looking at me now, probably longer. But I've managed to get it down to an hour, you know, from about a day and a half. And that involves, you know, sort of having the shave in the morning and uh, then using some hair products called hair and, uh, and then putting on a moisturiser after I've had a shave and then putting on some under eye cream and some side eye cream and then some... Uh, some heavy-duty moisturiser on the... It's quite... I mean, frankly, when I go away on holiday, I filled up the bathroom before I filled up the wardrobe. The bathroom is full of everything. Because you've also got to take away with you when you go, haven't you? All your medication, cotton buds, because they don't provide those in hotel rooms, and then you've got to take the shaver, and uh, then you've got to take the charger, then you've got to take the multi-plug adapter. So I've practically got a separate suitcase for the bathroom. You know, it's... And people say to me, you know, do you need that regime? I said, listen... If you saw what I looked like without the regime, you would say, go for the regime, Steve. Apparently, Newcastle tops the tanning stakes with four in ten men emulating their Geordie Shaw role model and turning to the bottle to top up their tans. I do think tans are so naff. It, it indicated years ago working class, and I don't think it's changed, because uh, society people were always pale because you, they didn't go out in the sun. You know, you look, look at somebody's hands and you'll know what they do. You know, if you're a farm labourer or somebody who you know, does something, something manual, everybody ch- checking their hands now, then uh, you'll see that in the hands. If, you, if you've got a delicate job like mine, where you just sort of pick up some newspapers and move a mouse across a table, I've got woman's hands. You know, beautiful hands, but, uh, but I don't do anything about them. I don't moisturise my hands. Occasionally I use some Atrixo. But, uh, but, I mean, a lot of men now, a lot of people... I mean, even James O'Brien has got, uh, got cream in his, in his drawer. I mean, because I, I borrowed some the other week, actually. And lots of men use, uh, use moisturiser and stuff like that to make themselves more attractive. You want to make the best of yourself. I don't think it's vanity. I think it's just making the best of yourself. Do you not think that? I wonder what, what your uh, beauty regime is, 0845 Apparently, 43% of men in Northern Ireland have a regular skincare regime. Really? That'd be the... <laughs> exceptionally high, isn't it? Beauty-conscious men from the east coast of Scotland buy the most male skin care. A bunch of wusses, ladies and gentlemen, honestly. They always used to say, you know, more than six items in the bathroom. If your husband's got more than six items in the bathroom, he's slightly suspect. OK, just thought I'd mention that now. <coughs> All the ladies going out there, count one, two, three, twelve... Oh, dear, very worrying, isn't it? Listen, we'll take the news next... It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Sam Pittis has got the main stories in 30 seconds. Allen. Morning, 0845 So does your old man have a beauty regime? Do people stop doing it when they get to a certain age? Because it's, it's strange that the Daily Mail this morning are talking about how your health improves in middle age and uh, you can be fabulous at 50. I think this is mainly ladies. 
I think it's made, because I think most men deteriorate after 50. They start going down, don't they? And, and they don't really look after themselves. But I, th- I thought more and more people, especially in that mid, that mid-range, 30s to, uh, to 40s, I thought they did look after their skin more. Because if you shave on a regular basis, you've got to put something on. Because effectively what you're doing is you're ripping the skin apart. That's what you're doing. You look at an electric razor, it's slicing off the top of this hair that sort of grows out. And, uh, and you've got to put something on to soothe it. Never aftershave. Never, ever should you put aftershave on, because it's alcohol. You might as well stick vodka on your face. Because all aftershaves have got alcohol in, and so you never put it on your face. That's why, you know, whether you sort of see people sort of slapping it on their face, never do that. Never do that. I mean, you might as well pour you know, alcohol into open sores and stuff like that. It's really bad for you, really bad. What what you're supposed to do is the same as ladies do with their perfume, is spray it into the air and walk through it. That's what you're supposed to do. So then you get a a fine mist. So I wonder really whether or not you've actually got a a beauty regime. I mean, I think nowadays it's considered quite normal. Most uh, Most of the counters are catering for men as well. Clinique. Have a, have a big section for, for men, because they know that men want to look after themselves. And I think there's loads of other people. I think most of the people that were selling uh, aftershaves also do a moisturiser, because I think most men moisturise now, and I don't think it matters what age you are. Of course, you think differently. Uh, what do you teach your children about alcohol, or what did you teach your children about alcohol, in the light of the mum, who was uh, getting drunk with her 11-year-old son, He's been taken into care. They were arguing on a high street. And apparently she's been going on for ages. Ages and ages and ages. She was 37 and he's 11. So he was hospitalised. She ended up pouring lager over his head. And, uh, and the neighbours have said it's, it's just absolutely appalling. And what would you do to improve the high street? What would you do? You know, where, where do you live? What's your high street like? If we, if we run through the shops that you've got, do you have a Waterstones? That's considered good. Waterstones will be considered good. Do you have a patisserie Valerie? That's considered quite nice. Because we seem to have a dichotomy. We have, on one side of the road, we've got Clinton's. On the other side of the road, Card Factory, because they're doing cheap cards. Clinton's do relatively inexpensive cards, but Card Factory undercut them. They've got lots of those, because it's Valentine's Day coming up really close now. And they've got, the window is full of stuffed toys with I love you. I don't know, they're gross, aren't they? I mean, I don't know who on earth would ever give a stuffed toy to somebody. You know, they, but they've got loads of them, so we're obviously expecting a rush at the last minute. Uh, we have a patisserie, Valerie, so that's quite nice on one side of the road. And uh, we lost a little cafe, because, frankly, it was rubbish. And uh, that's only a little tiny place, but that'll probably be rented out to somebody very shortly. What we have got a lot of are charity shops. We've got every charity that you can think of. Because they get cheap rent, they get the windows cleaned cheaply. Uh, what else have we got a lot of? We've got a lot of estate agents. A lot of estate agents in Twickenham. Because uh, it's a fairly high turnover within the market, so that's OK. Uh, on the other side of the road, we've got, uh, we've got a pub. Quite a big pub, the George. And uh, Paul Cooper's uh, fruit and veg shop next to that. Then we've got a, um, uh, what do they call it, a building society. And then next to that, WH Smith. And then another charity shop. And then we've got a, a fruit, uh, fruit machine, arca- an amusement arcade. It's got fruit machine. How oh, it keeps going, I've got no idea. It is a, it's a bit, bit chavvy, a fruit, a, a, an amusement arcade. And then next to that, we've got the, uh, the fish shop, Sandy's. So, which is nice, actually. It's a very, very good fish shop. Then we've got another estate agent. Uh, then we've got some, then we've got Marks and Spencer's. And then a few other shops. So I'm, I'm not sure, I mean, most of our shops are rented out. We used to have Belmont's, the bakery, but that went, which was a shame. 
because we used to like that. And uh, what else have we got that's empty at the moment? Actually, most of it's looking it's looking fairly promising. It's not. I'm not saying it's a particularly affluent area. I mean, property compared to up north, property prices down here are just sky high. People up north think we're mad paying the prices, but that's that's the way it goes. There's nothing you could do about it. You just sort of have to hope that that eventually. You know, the prices might come down to something realistic because how on earth young people afford things, I've got, I've got no idea. Terrible. Uh, the Queen is amazing, says Brian in Hampton Hill. When I was a boy, I remember going next door to watch the coronation on the neighbour's big old black and white television. I mean, for 85, she's not bad, is she? She's, she's still... I'm sure she's shrinking, though. <laughs> I'm absolutely sure. She's not as tall as she used to be some years ago. Very funny. Very, very funny. Uh, other stories in the papers today. The Daily Star have got Denise Welsh on the front page, I'm afraid. And the jailed hate preacher, Abu Qatada, once dubbed Osama bin Laden's right-hand man in Europe, who's back on the streets. So you do the school run, but he won't have access to the internet. That's what they think. Because in a, a few months' time, that might be rescinded. They might have to allow him. He won't have a mobile phone. He will. He was granted bail, despite claims he's a serious risk to Britain. He's sponging off, off society. He's never served any useless, but he hates this country. He absolutely hates it. But we can't send it back to Jordan, because he might be persecuted. Kind of thing that he's famous for. Russell Brand is being lined up to play Wurzel Gummidge. Without too much makeup, I should think, Ash. I can't think of anything worse than, uh, than Wurzel Gummidge coming back again. And, uh, although it's, it's a bit of a short straw... Bit of a short straw for him. And here's Denise Welsh breaking down in tears after she revealed she split from Tim Healy. I don't want to live a lie anymore. What, what she really means by that is I don't want to tell you any more lies, because that's all I've done since I cut the Big Brother house. I've, I've lied to you, which is, uh, which is not so good, I'm afraid. Uh, 2,000 car smashes on the roads over that icy period. 2,000 car smashes. It's just... And that's people driving badly. That's people driving... Very, very badly. And I think we need more more police out there. More police out there to start booking people. Just on cameras. Just on cameras. It'd be, it, you could do it so quickly. You wouldn't even need to have police officers out on the streets. You could save yourself a small fortune by, by just sort of going out there and having cameras taking pictures of people. And that way, you then... You don't even need to put them in court. You just send them the summons in the post. Mind you, my, my driver this morning was terribly safe. You know, we, on, at one point, we averaged 22 miles an hour. People on crutches were walking past us. You know, it was, it was, it was that bad. You know, he was one of those very slow pick-up from, uh, from traffic lights. Very slow pick-up, and then gradually, gradually... I was leaning forward, thinking, perhaps it's my weight in the back that's slowing the car down. But uh, it turns out not to be. Uh, England boss Fabio Capello has escaped to carpeting by the FA bosses, despite criticising them over the axing of race row captain John Terry. I thought, actually, they, they were sort of checking his contract. I don't think, if you're in a position that he's in, you can criticise the FA for a decision that they've made. Uh, Ali Ross is, is just wonderful. Talking about uh, uh, Eamon Holmes... Uh, the victim of this week's outburst of fake Twitter anger, when he made the perfectly reasonable suggestion that Crystal should charge men. This is uh, Crystal Warren, the woman who has apparently slept with something about what, 200 men or went on the front page of the, uh, of the papers, which wasn't, wasn't so good. And uh, more from the uh, resident astrologer on this morning, Claire Petulengro. We've had her before. Do you remember when she was saying, oh, so-and-so be together forever? A week later, they split up. Uh, Claire, January the 3rd, astrologically from the stars, the economy is going to do very well from February onwards. 
things take a really good turn. The National Institute for Economic and Social Research, February the 3rd, the UK economy has slipped back into the recession, will shrink 0.1% this year. So, Claire, don't, don't make a fool of yourself anymore, please. It's just ridiculous to, to make uh, pronouncements on things. He says, I want it on record that Claire predicted before the end of this year, William and Kate will have twins. That's without even consulting Jedward. <laughs> Jedward read all the papers yesterday saying that they, uh, they, they, they don't really want girls to come between them because they can't do without each other, which is OK. You know, that's, that's fine. Do you have a post office in Twickenham, says John? Of course. Of course we have a post office. Everybody's got post offices. We have a post office, yes. Uh, I've moisturised, Steve, since I was 15. I'm 38 now. It's obviously helped me maintain my good looks as I was asked for ID when buying wine in Tesco last year. So that's good news. Uh, Trevor, waiting at uh, T4 at Heathrow, says, Orpington High Street, 32 places to sit and eat. Do you think that's enough? Well, we do like to sit and eat. We like to sit down and have a cup of coffee, don't we? We're, we're, we're very good at having cups of coffee and having all sorts of uh, things like paninis and toasted sandwiches. And so we have become coffee culture. We're sort of doing the same as they did in Italy donkeys years ago, except we don't have the weather. So what you do is, uh, is sort of sit on pavements now, staring out. And it's always, they're always very grubby, our pavements, whereas pavements abroad always look better, don't they? Uh, Steve, how did Denise Welsh win Big Brother? Is this what we value? It's so depressing. Well, the public voted for her. Perhaps they thought it was funny. Perhaps they thought, it was, perhaps they thought she was an oddball. I don't know. I, I really don't know what the answer is to these things. There's no, there's no explanation in my mind. I just sit there with, with jaw on the floor and I watch loads of people appearing on the television. I think, why are you a star? Why are we calling this a celebrity programme? Because it gives, them, it gives them false economy. Small wonder that kids nowadays don't want to learn anything at school. In fact, most of them turning up at, uh, at, um, at preschool now aren't even potty trained. I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing, isn't it, that there are so many things that, uh, that we don't think about anymore. People have children, they just shove them off to school, and that's, that's about the end of it. The other thing you're not doing is buying teapots. Apparently, there's been a, a down call in the, uh, in the interest in buying teapots. You know why? Because it's what we actually said the other day. All you do is you pop a tea bag in a cup of hot water. You don't... You're, you're, you're not remotely interested in actually making a pot of tea anymore, which I found very depressing. 08456060973. Mel B has joined Dancing with the Stars in Australia. Obviously wasn't invited over here. And, uh, and Jeff Brazier uh, has revealed to this morning, or to anybody else who'll want to listen, that he believes his uh, son, Freddie, believes he's been visited by his mother's Jade Goody's ghost. Uh, Freddie is, uh, I think, eight and he believes that he's seen the ghost of his mother. So, I mean, the things that they put up on the television nowadays. Uh, as part of this morning's Supernatural Week, or as I call it, fraudulent television, Jeff was visiting Pluckley in Kent, said to be the UK's most haunted village. Depends how much drink you have, I suppose, as to whether or not you see things. And uh, Jeff told viewers, my personal experiences have left me open-minded about the paranormal. Kind of explains a lot, doesn't it, really? Including your meteoric rise to uh, low-rent television programmes. It's quarter past five. <laughs> With the news headlines, Sam Pittis. Good morning, Steve. MPs and peers from all parties are calling... Don't you love that thing in the supermarket where it's got queue here? If you've got seven items or less, you can go in this one. There's always somebody who can't count. And they've got more. 
And Sue says, I was shopping in Waitrose the other day and I was in the seven items or less checkout. In front of me, a very well-dressed lady in her thirties with a young child and about 20 items in the basket. The child read the sign, seven items or less, and looked at her mother's full basket and pointed the sign out to her. I was stunned to hear the curt reply to the child, yes, dear, but that can't possibly apply to people like us. If only it were true. <laughs> I mean, it, it is amazing, isn't it? I mean, if, if I was a checkout assistant, I'm going terribly sorry. You know, it's it's seven items, you know, it's holding it. But what are they going to do? If I was that person who had 20 items and there was nobody behind me in the queue, I'd go, listen, put it through very quickly then. You know, work your little fingers to the bone. Because they're not going to turn business away, so they're not going to not do it. But it does make a mockery, doesn't it, really? Unless, of course, you've got a different experience. Uh, we're talking as well about your beauty regimes for men. Is it is it naff to moisturise? Dan? Hello, Steve, how are you? I'm very well. It's not enough to moisturise at all, no. Are, are you a moisturising person? Yeah, every day. Every day since my early teens. Do you have more than six items in the bathroom? No, not really. Just, you know, moisturisers, you know, the regular shaving stuff mm. and uh, all that kind of How stuff. How many bottles just... of shampoo? Uh, none, I'm a skinhead. <laughs> oh, right, so you, just, you don't really bother with shampoo at all. No, no, not at all. No, I've saved myself a fortune on, right. on hair. There used to be that bike. argument, didn't there? Take two <laughs> bottles into the shower. I thought, I used to take three in. <laughs> Three bottles in the shower. And I do have lots of lots of shower gels, and I'm not sure whether or not I should be having... Perhaps, perhaps I should be just sort of having one bar of soap. Uh, maybe. No, there's nothing wrong with shower gel. But, no, uh, shower yeah, gel's nice. Shower gel's good. Yeah. But yeah, I've kept uh, kept moisturising all, all my life, because um, I, I use Pond's Dry Skin Cream, and it's, I think it's fantastic. It's, yes. Uh, how old are you now? I'm 38. Right. Oh, 38's all right, isn't it, to moisturise? I've been using it for well over 20 years. Yeah. And do you moisturise the top of your head as well? Yeah, when I've shaved it, yeah, definitely. When, yeah. I, you know, when I'm freshly shaved uh, with a razor on the head, you know. You have to, really, don't you? I don't know why people think it's unusual, but, I mean, round here, they nearly fell off the jazz. It's good, I don't see why people don't do more. You know, I think a lot of men are um, quite... Not, I don't think they're quite um, shy about admitting it, I think. Well, I, I think secretly a lot of men listening use their wives and don't tell them, and the woman's <laughs> thinking, do you know, this stuff doesn't last half as long as it used to. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> do you moisturise yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll tell you for why I started, because years and years ago, I used to do a beauty programme on LBC with uh, Estee Lauder. And very kindly, Sarah Griffiths, who's very high up in the company, used to bring in all these little samples. So I started taking them home. And unfortunately, once you've started using things, you get a bit hooked. It's true. And I started noticing, I mean, I do have... They used to say, of course, if you've got dry skin, it's that T shape. So it's along the forehead and down your nose, and that's where men... So, of course, every so often, I have a facial scrub... Okay. Which, is, which is Clinique, and then I, I never use soap on my face because it's really bad for you, but I do have dry skin, so I put moisturiser on, and it's a fairly heavy Estee Lauder moisturiser, which I spend a lot of money on, but I make it last forever. Well, it, it helps maintain uh, good looks and youthful, uh, well, youthful appearance. Well, I mean, I I am s for 37, I'm stunning. It's true. I mean, every time I get asked, you know, people say, oh, how old are you? And I always say, well, how do you think? Yeah. And they always say, they always guess, you know, 10 years uh, at least below what I am, you know, so it's good. Someone says, uh, yeah. "Oh, I think about 20, 25, 26. Or that. Well, they say that to you, do they? And it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh. It's a real boost, you know. I've never said that to me. I've never heard that. Well. <laughs> I mean, at one time, I, I used to tell people at my age, and they used to say, "Oh, you really don't look your age." Nowadays, I tell them how old I am, really, and they go, "Oh, right." They don't say anything else. <laughs> but I don't have lines. I'm not a very lined person, and I'm firmly of the opinion I mean, it's because I've been using moisturiser all it these must years. Be. It absolutely is. Yeah, it's true. Because I, I see people younger than me who look older than me. 
I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the people at the same age as me that look a hell of a lot older, you know, because yeah. they don't moisturise, so, uh... Would you ever have Botox? Never. Oh, right, oh, OK. I don't, I don't think so. No, no, well. no, not at all. And, no, and, and no. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't really fancy cosmetic surgery or anything? No, not at all, no. It's just, uh, just moisturise as good as it gets, you yeah. know. Yeah, and, and, and you, so it's, it's always ponds, is it? Yeah, ponds is the one. I mean, they've, they've changed it recently. They've, they've changed the, um, changed the ingredients of the, of the stuff, you know, they changed all the packaging. And it all well, it used more. to be... A jar of Pond's cold cream. Now it comes from the, the Pond's Institute. So that means That's they right, can whack yeah. the price up. They put all the girls in white coats and you think they're it's chemists. True. And it's been really difficult to get hold of lately because yeah. it's all been changed. It's all, you know, I've had to sort of travel to uh, different different areas of London and they've got a different sort of specialist uh, chemist or pharmacist to get hold of it. It's, it's embarrassing, isn't it, really, when we have to do it undercover? It's true, you know. Are you doing it at night, you know, when you sort of knock on the door secretly <laughs> and they sort of slip it in a brown paper package? Yeah, going in a disguise, you know. But <laughs> if, if you try and use updated stuff, it's not as good. It just doesn't work the same, you know. No. And I've just tried, I have tried cheap... I mean, I did try... Boots always have these things every so often, and I'm not a big fan of boots in any way, shape or form, uh, but they, they have these things where they say, use this thing, and for £22, it'll be, give you firmer skin in seven days. Well, I've been using it for two mm. years. Has it worked? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not, but the trouble is, I quite like the action of doing it. It becomes part of a regime. It does. You know, does. and you have to do it. I mean, I've, you know, I do know friends of mine who have had cosmetic surgery and Botox, and I've thought about it, but then I think, say it goes wrong. <laughs> you know, exactly. I don't want to lose what little looks I've got left. Exactly. It's true. You know, it's a, but at least, at least you're brave and honest, and, and I'm glad that the chemists are still serving you under cover of darkness. <laughs> yeah, it's good, it's good. <laughs> it's good. So, and ha- how, how many different toothpastes have you got? Uh, just the one. You've got the one. Do you, you, which one do you use? Uh, it's Colgate. It's some kind of, um, green gel stuff. I'm not 100% sure. Oh. I mean, you, you don't actually think it's gone off or something, do you? Green gel? <laughs> no, it's meant to be that colour, I think. Oh, yeah, right. It's got, it's got bits in it. It's got kind of a crystal kind of a, I think it's called mouthwash beads. I don't know. It's not toilet duck, is it, you've got, or something? <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Maybe he's in the wrong bottle. I think he's in the wrong bottle. It (laughs) sounds a bit worrying, this one, for me, as far as I'm concerned. Dan, thank you for being honest this morning. So, Dan does use a moisturiser. He does go around. You know, and I think think a lot of men use their wives, and I bet wives will be, or women will be the first ones to admit, I think he's using it sick, but I've never mentioned it. Because it used to be considered a little bit, sort of, not manly, was it, to use that. I mean, it was bad enough to get people aftershave on. I remember that, that classic case years ago where Liberace was asked, because they had this big thing in the paper. It shows how times have changed in some parts of the country, not in others, uh, where um, Liberace had been lampooned by Cassandra in the mirror, I think it was, where they called him this, this mincing fruit puree of mother... And it was whatever it was, it was inferring that Liberace was less than manly, and he was gay, which, of course, he was. But uh, in those days, you didn't say anything. And Liberace decided to sue Cassandra. So thus, a court case ensued with Liberace in the dock defending himself, but denying that he was gay. And they were inferring. They, at one point, they said, because they didn't call it aftershave, they called it scent. Do you wear scent? said the prosecutor. I do, said Liberace. I wear it to smell nice. You know, so that my, my ladies who come and see me, you know, enjoy that. I think it's a nice thing to have. And, all, and he won the case. He got damages out of the mirror for Cassandra for, for saying that he was gay. Whereas, in fact, he was gay. But even after he was dead, they were still insisting he wasn't gay. And, um, and it, was, it was just funny to use scent. And then aftershave came out and then and people use it all the time. 
people. I mean, I've I've got a I've got a bottle of aftershave in my, in my cupboard upstairs, which I use if I'm going down to talk to a guest. You like to have a little all over the bit. In the same way that ladies, you know, like to put on a bit of lippy or you know the, different things. Why shouldn't men want to do it as well? Why shouldn't men want to look after themselves? Come on, lady, you would you would like your man to look nice, to smell nice. I've lost track of the amount of people. I won't say where it is, but they've uh, they've gone in. To have uh, to have things done, men. You know, when they're going to get their hair cut and stuff like that. And I've spoken to people after they've said they really stank, like they hadn't had a shower or a bath or something like that. And it's really embarrassing when somebody's not had a shower or a bath. You don't really like to say anything, do you? It's like when somebody's not used deodorant. You really want want to say to them, should you not use deodorant or something? Because some people perhaps perhaps they don't notice. Perhaps they don't notice. I'm not saying you have to sort of, you know, drench yourself in eau de cologne every single day. But you make an effort. You make yourself look nice. You brush your hair in the morning. I don't, because no hair to brush. You know, and in the case of Dan, he just sort of polishes his head. Which is OK, but at least he's doing it with Pond's cream. Which is very difficult to get hold of at the moment. Have you ever been bullied? Cyberbullying. Uh, I only mention it because a young man has just been cautioned by the police. A 14-year-old, he's been bullying the EastEnders cast and crew. Going on various websites under different names, but of course, being a particularly stupid 14-year-old, they found him straight away. It's not difficult to find somebody. You can trace the, the computer very easily. And they went round and they said, do this one again, popsikins. And we're going to hang you up to dry. I mean, he was just writing filth. And, uh, and people do that on the internet. But nowadays, people take... Uh, People take note of it and they go to the police and then the police pay these people a visit. And depending on what the original person thinks and how disgusting it is, if somebody writes filth about you, you take them to court. You absolutely, you don't waste any time whatsoever. You go to the police, you report it. It's a hate crime. Uh, no matter whether they apologise the day after. I've seen a couple of things which, uh, as I say, borderline police, borderline police. And uh, Hertfordshire Police have confirmed that this youth has been given a formal warning, which is the youth version of a police caution. And uh, do it again. And you'll be going to a Young Offenders Institute. It's as simple as that. And, of course, if you're an adult, then you can do that. And it, it can be all sorts of people. Like that woman who picked up the cat and threw it in the bin. Remember her? Worked for a respectable bank. You wouldn't have known. A respectable person. It's always the ones that you least least suspect who are the ones who, uh, who actually go there. Uh, Yvonne is going to Florida today with all the lotions and potions I have to pack. There's not room for much else. He said, I'm the same. I suspect when Dan goes on holiday, there's a small carrier bag that goes with him, just for the Pond's cream. It's LBC 97.3, it's 5.30. Alan. Isolated wintry showers. Somebody said it's snowing by the gherkin. Is it snowing in your part of London? Do let me know if we've got some of these wintry showers. 08456060973. They will die away, but I'd love to find out... Uh, whether or not we've actually got anything. We could have Snow Watch again this morning. I find that quite interesting. Uh, Denise Welsh has spilled her heart out on, you know, why she can't keep her marriage together. They were basically both drunks. Apparently, Tim Healy had lots of one-night stands as well. And uh, so they obviously had one of those, what we call, laughingly in the business, an, an arrangement, you know, whereby people go off and do whatever they want to do when they've had a few drinks. Apparently, he was so drunk one time, he put his fist through every one of the plate glass window panes in their double doors. So they can continue staying in the same house, obviously for the sake of the children, kind of thing. But, uh, as I say, if the kids read this rubbish today, you'll realise what a, what a ghastly marriage they had. At one point, Tim used to come upstairs after booze-fuelled nights and pour buckets of cold water over her. Why would anyone want to stay in a situation like that? Absolutely ludicrous, isn't it? Absolutely ludicrous. Uh, Chris in Greenford 
Says you want to go to the Liberace Museum in Las Vegas. No, it's closed. It closed a year ago. More than a year ago, I'm afraid. Uh, Hazel. Good oh. morning, Steve. Don't tell me your hubby uses the moisturiser. He does. I uh, know, I know. Um... <laughs> they do. The trouble is, I think they do it, and they quite like it, and they use a little bit. And the ladies do as I say, and they go, do you know, they're not putting as much cream in these bottles as they used to. And I found I was buying it all the time. I was going, what? You know, and it's Clinique, and it was expensive. That's... And I was going, where's it all going? And I realised he was using it. He's using it. <laughs> and have you, have, you, have you confronted him? Well, well, I did, and he said, yeah, I use it. And then now I make him buy it himself. But oh, that's all right. That's was... okay. But he ne- every Thursday our, clean- our cleaner comes in, so he moves it to my side of the bathroom every Thursday to let on that's not his. <laughs> so oh, you have to keep up pretenses for the cleaner. <laughs> How embarrassing! How embarrassing! Lest the cleaner think that he's less than a man. Yeah, he's oh, let dear. On <laughs> that is so. But mind you, you see, I think that that men could go out and buy Clinique because Clinique it, it doesn't look feminine. It looks it looks fairly butch and robust, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And so I think you could have <laughs> Clinique in the bathroom. I mean, I've actually got some Clinique products, and they look okay. Grey, grey packaging, silver lettering, I think that looks okay. Yeah, it does. And, but even as I've bought him the men's one, he won't use the men's one if he thinks the women's one is better. Well, to, to be honest with you, it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> I should imagine it's, 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 it's probably lighter. It's probably lighter yeah, in he... consistency. The, the, the men's would be a little bit heavier to make up for men's skin. Yeah, you use it as well, then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Listen, I'm going to tell you, every time I go out there, I'm, I'm, I'm strangely drawn to adverts. I see an advert and they go, have you got dark circles under your eyes? Use this thing. So, of course, I go out and think, it's only 22 quid, I better buy a couple of them in case I like it and I run out. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm buying it as well. The only thing I'm not very good at, I would love to go and have a manicure. Yeah. I think... Oh, I got... Yeah, that's quite good to do. But he, I got him to have one once while he was waiting for me, and he got—he was so embarrassed. He's never been back. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> How old is he? Uh, he's forty-six. Oh, bless! <laughs> is he listening? No, we fast asleep. Thank God for that, I tell you. We'll never hear the end of it. Never hear the end of it. Hazel, well done for you for for being okay. honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> have a nice day. Well, I tell him now, he'll die. Well, well him, don't yeah. tell him. Don't tell him. The secret is safe with me. Okay, Steve. All right, kiddo. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. It's Hazel in Wilsdon Lane. I know Wilsdon Lane very well indeed. Uh, another one here, very quickly. Um, this is uh, another one here. Oh, it's it's John uh, John Parker. His daughter Zoe is sending him a, a shout out. He listens. She said, "I'm in Canada," and uh, he listens on his way to work. That's nice, isn't it? I think it must be around uh, Wembley to Hampton Court. That's lo- Do you know I love Hampton Court in the snow? Hampton Court in the snow is fabulous. It's so beautiful. You can almost, if, if you're doing a riverboat trip, and it's a bit difficult to get riverboat trips at this time of year, but uh, you can imagine the view that Henry VIII got when he used to come up in his flotilla, passing Twickenham very quickly, and, uh, and then onwards and upwards, and there it rises out of the mist. Hampton Court in the winter is just absolutely stunning. Uh, Julie says, don't forget the garden birds in the winter. I make sure my feeders and bird tables are full with food. Yes, as, as long as people don't feed pigeons, I'm all right. You know, we have this balmy old woman who truts around uh, Twickenham and Feltham and everywhere else with a, a, a shopping trolley full of bird seed, and she drops it all over the place. There's a mad one who does it at the station at Twickenham, and she throws... You know, pigeons are... F- you don't see dead pigeons everywhere. You really don't. They're, they're so fat, they can barely... T- they, they don't bother going anywhere. People just turn up with food for them. So it's the, it's the water, isn't it, that they, uh, they like occasionally. Just make sure it doesn't, doesn't freeze over 
which is uh, which is the kind of thing that people worried about. Mark says, who cares if Denise Welsh has split from her husband, Tim Healy? It proves how awful he was. He was trying to defend his wife on Dancing on Ice last year. Yes, do you remember he turned up? And uh, and he was he had a, he was a bit worse for wear, and he leant over. Who was who was on who was on the judging panel? Jason Gardner and Jason went. To, Excuse me, you've got really bad breath. Go away. And of course that annoyed him even more. Nobody takes the Mickey out of my wife, you know. And you think, well, I mean, it was, it was never even strong back then. So now they're delighted. It's all come out. So who have they asked in one of the papers? Colleen Nolan for her opinion on it. You know, also all this fake stuff the other week when they were, she was going uh, on Loose Women, Denise sat there and blatantly lied. Blatantly lied. But then obviously somebody's got, listen, you can make money out of this. You can take over Loose Women and, and uh, forget about other people on there. Just drone on about your own life. Seems to be, uh, you know, same kind of thing that we've seen every day on the television. Uh, Steve, I totally agree with you regarding the Queen, says Paul, because I've said before, and the Queen has said, she's not stepping down for anybody. So there's about as much chance of Prince Charles being... If he, is, if, if he is king, it'll just be for a short while, I think. Just for a short while. He says, uh, I will be surprised if Charles uh, does have much time on the throne. As she's from a very long-living line, she could hopefully go on for another ten years. In fact, I still believe, had it not been for the death of Princess Margaret, we would have had the Queen Mum for at least the same amount of time as well. And he said, I'm taking Denise's story that Tim and herself had split at Christmas with a very large pinch of salt... She would have had an eight-page spread in OK if that had been the case. It's like saying, Peter, Andre and Kerry, I'm doing it for me kids, Katona, aren't looking to sign another contract with ITV2. Yes, I mean, they all do it now, don't they? Although the good news was yesterday, if you heard on the free podcast, that Peter Andre said in two or three years' time he's going to quit show business. Yeah! I was so excited. I thought, yeah, that's before show business quits you. Yeah! He's going on another tour where he'll drone out that ghastly record, Mysterious Girl or something. Anybody tell me? It's just the most ghastly record ever. It really is. And that's his only hit single. The rest of it, perhaps he's doing cover versions. But he has said that uh, that his son, who, of course, he loves his children, you know, as they all do. Kerry Katona loves her children, so much so she explained the taking of cocaine to them. And Peter Andre uh, said that I think Prince uh, is, is going to be a very good dancer. He's going to be like Michael Jackson. I thought... That'll be nice, won't it? Poor kid hasn't even grown up yet, and already they're saying he's going to be like Michael Jackson. And uh, morning to Chris. We sent Jackie all the pictures he'd taken with you, Jackie and Karen, and uh, asked about all of us, myself included. So thank you for that very much indeed. Charles Dickens's birthday. I can't get any of these uh, these attachments for some reason. I don't know. Why am I not getting any attachments? Oh, there it is. It's uh, This is in the presence... Oh, blimey. It's Tuesday, the 14th of Feb. Uh, at the Guildhall in Gresham Street. It's a champagne reception in the presence of Her Majesty the Queen. And it's followed by Mr Dickens and the actors with Philip Franks, Sir Derek Jacobi, uh, Samantha Bond, Samantha Spiro, Matthew Kelly and members of the Chicken Shed Theatre Group. And uh, that's the Royal Theatrical Fund. Tickets are from £75, so it's all for charity and it's in the presence of the Queen. And they're proudly presenting a celebration of the fund's first chairman, Charles Dickens. How lovely. And uh, there's a number, 020-7836-3322. 020-7836-3322. In the presence of the Queen, I'll say. I've never done anything in the presence of the Queen. Queen Mother, yes. And, uh, and I've never been invited to Highgrove. Can't imagine why. Can't imagine why. I'd love to go to Highgrove, have a bit, have a bit of a, a nosy around. I, I quite fancy that idea. Uh, Sir Jimmy Savile's headstone will contain the words... It was great 
while it lasted. That's what they're going to put on his uh, headset. Mine will be that old one, you know. I told you I was ill. That's what people always say. How ill are you today? <coughs> oh, it's a fairly ill today. But uh, I told you I was not well, which I think is, is, uh, is, is quite a funny one. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. Uh, Anthony says, Clinique's moisturiser for women and the men's lotion are exactly the same, just different packaging and different names. And Joanna says, the reason why your skin is smooth and unwrinkled is because you don't sunbathe. Because sunbathing, you see, sun, sitting in the sun, is really, really bad. S- two things that are bad for you. Smoking. Look at Nanny Pat on The Only Way is Essex. She looks like she smokes trees. I mean, her and poor R- Mark Wright's mother, more lines than I've ever seen anybody. And also drinking is really bad for you. So drinking, you've got to, you know, dehydrate. You've got to hydrate again. Not dehydrate, you've got to hydrate again. So if that's always very good to have a, a, a moisture spray to put the, the moisture back in your skin. Smoking really... As I say, you've only got to look at Nanny Pat to realise the effects of smoking can have on you. She looks like a road map for the Sahara, the poor soul. And, uh, and drinking very bad for you. And sunbathing. You go to the south of France, you'll see more leathery people than you've ever seen in your entire life. More people who live in the south of France use fake tan than anybody else anywhere in the world. Because they know the, uh, the disadvantages. Go out there, sit in the sun for a little bit... Don't sit in the sun for very long because it will dry your skin out. And then you have to put moisturiser on and you have to go back to the wife again. Because we're talking about moisturising for men and men with their, with their beauty regime. And uh, so far we've had a lady confess that her husband does use her clinique. But he likes her clinique as opposed to the men's clinique. Although I would think there must be a slightly different consistency to the men's because it's... Uh, I mean, I've, I've used women's moisturiser before and it, is, it tends to be lighter because women's skin is, is lighter. Isn't that how it works? And because men have got heavier skin, then you have to, um, you have to put a sort of a denser cream on. I'm just checking the weather, actually. Uh, isolated wintry showers. You've got them where you are? Uh, tonight, chance of snow... Sh- oh, here we go again. Chance of snow showers again. So let me know. Have you got wintry showers where you are? 0845 6060 973. Uh, chance on Wednesday of a, a light snow flurry. About four degrees today. I think currently it's one, so it's cold. Tonight, cold and clear, frost by dawn. Chance of snow showers. Isn't that typical? First thing in the morning. It's just what we need. I don't need that tomorrow morning, thank you very much indeed. So if you're listening, God, I don't want it. Uh, can we have it over the weekend when it's much easier? Snow flurry on Wednesday, overcast on Thursday and Friday. Uh, similar. Two degrees centigrade, so it's not going not gonna to climb too high. But they, uh, some people have sent me in things saying that they've seen a, f- a few snow flurries. Have you actually, uh, have, you got it, have you got anywhere you are? 0845 And come on, you're prepared to admit you're using moisturiser. Come on, using the girly moisturiser men... We know that women are using it, but now the men are using it and pinching it. You know why? Because they quite like it. <laughs> Quarter to six, down at the news uh, desk, it's uh, Sam Pettis. Thank you, Steve. A parliamentary inquiry says stalking must be made... Don't forget Valentine's Day just around the corner. Very exciting. All the shops are full of the cards and chocolates, heart-shaped and marshmallows and, and stuff like that. I mean, it's absolutely awful. It really is. I, it's, it's just gone so mad this year. But I did get my first Valentine's card. I have got my first Valentine's card here. And uh, it's from Rita. And uh, <laughs> I said to people, you've got to put, put your name, you know, in here. And um, there's one here. It actually come, comes with a poem. Handsome, young, with a voice... Yeah, all right. Handsome, young, with a voice like honey. With wit and charm, you can be so funny. The magic spell of your caustic tongue 
hides your secret of staying so young. With your talk of daily socks and shower chair, your car insurance and your underwear, you brighten our mornings as we start the day. As king of the airwaves, you will always stay. With tales of people and their terrible woes, politics, the weather, life, anything goes, making fun of life, problems and everyone, you stole our hours and our hearts you won. Our Steve, our darling, we can't get enough of you, your tales and your fabulous stuff. Oh, wonderful Steve, whoever will be, continue to broadcast on 97.3. Thank you very much indeed. There you go. If you can better that, go on. 08456060973. I'm expecting Michael Dennis to come up with something interesting by the time we've got to, uh, to Valentine's Day. It's very expensive, isn't it, Valentine's Day? People will be sending roses and stuff like that. But, I mean, see, I, I don't think roses say, I love you. I know people say red roses say, I love you. I don't think so. Pomegranate. Pomegranate says, I love you more than anything else. Because it's... Well, because it's ju- just interesting. It's because it takes forever to get the seeds out of it, and it's it's a gift that, that can go all day. Whereas flowers, what do you do? You go, oh, lovely, and you stick them in a vase, and that's it. Ju- and then they die, and then you throw them out. Because the water, you'd rather have flowers than a pomegranate. You see, I, d- I don't know what I would want as the preferable gift for Valentine's Day. I don't know what I would want for as, a, as a preferable gift. I don't think I'd want chocolates. Because we know the effect chocolates have on me at the beginning of the uh, of the programme. Um, so, I don't know, actually. Jewellery, no. I'm not a jewellery person. I did see a woman the other day on the television, and she had... I thought it was my Auntie Ivy's. She had a charm bracelet. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, it, was, it was a big charm bracelet. And it was worth £1,200. And which was, which was quite a lot, actually, although when you think years ago, people did have charm bracelets. So I'm going to try and open the top of the cough mixture again. Do you know, it's ridiculous. This is supposed to be childproof. I'm an adult and I can't even get... Oh, I've done it. Look at that. Must be some trick to this thing. Excuse me, just one, one sec. Mm, mm, mm. Lovely. I'm sure it can't be good for me drinking all this cough medicine. But anyway, so they had this, this charm bracelet. And so I wouldn't want a charm bracelet, uh, you know, or, or jewellery. For a, for a Valentine's present. Because it, it, it depends how long you've been with somebody. I mean, it, it really does. You know, I mean, if, well, if you've, if you've just started going out with somebody, don't buy them anything. Because it's a little bit much, you know. It's, it's, all, it's like Christmas, isn't it? You start going out with somebody that you've met at, at, at a nightclub and, uh, and then and they expect you to buy them a present. And I've... Because they always, they always say, say to me at Christmas... Well, they don't because I haven't said it for years. But, I mean, people used to say, they say, I bought you a present. You go, how much have you spent? Because you don't want to spend more, do you? If they've spent 20 quid, you don't want to spend 50. So that, that's the kind of thing I worry about. And so for Valentine's Day, I mean, I know, as usual, I'll be getting deluged with cards and presents and things like that. It's all very embarrassing for people in the building, many of whom don't get anything at all. Many people here don't get anything. In fact, even sometimes people in relationships get nothing at all. You have to say, it's Valentine's Day, what have you bought me? Nothing. Nothing at all. Thank you very much indeed. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I mean, you, you could always... You see, people say, go out for dinner. And I go, no, stay in. Stay in. Cook something romantic. Liver and bacon and mashed potatoes, fairly popular. You know, because you don't, you don't want any of these aphrodisiac... You don't want to do that, that nasty stuff. Because you know what men are like, you know. Should we, should we have some oysters? No. No, we shan't have oysters. Don't you coming on all amorous, just when I'm just about to put me, me Winsiet nighty on and some face cream and everything else and put me curlers in. And that's just the blokes. You know, moisturise my face, I'm lying here. My mum used to have this face mask, which she put on before she went to bed. I told you before. And it, it came in a tube, and you put it on, and then it hardened. I said, like, uh, I can't, can't talk. 
and I go, someone says such a joke, don't make me laugh, don't make me laugh. <laughs> In case it cracked. Didn't make the slightest difference, to be honest with you. My mum was from, from, from that generation, little about Edna the inebriate woman. She never really used makeup. A bit of, bit of lippy and a bit of powder. That's all people used in the early days. They didn't, they didn't bother with stuff. Oh, and a bit of, um, a bit of mascara. But it was the old mascara. No, now it comes in a posh tube for you girls. In, in those days, you'd have a little brush, it, you'd spit on it, and then do it in the, th- and then, ugh, disgusting. I mean, it was awful, honestly. My mother's regime. But she did used to use the same perfume all the time. Diorissimo by Dior. Because it used to look quite posh. My dad would buy her some Diorissimo for Christmas. Uh, Karen says, I thought a huge bowl of cooked sprouts would make you feel happy. Yes, it, it would, actually. So I'm not sure for Valentine's Day. I mean, there's a limit. To how actually, I've not had sprouts for two days. I'm always, they're not very sexy sprouts. Well, the little sprouts are very sexy. Little sprouts are very sexy. Actually, I might have sprouts today. I'm, I'm, I've, I might have sprouts. I had spare ribs yesterday, and I've suddenly realised I can't eat a rack of spare ribs. I mean, I'll just, I don't have the capacity. So I only ate half the rack of spare ribs, which was lovely. Uh, Ron in Finchley says, My gravestone will read, Now it's time to think outside the box. And uh, George says, I use facial scrub and baby lotion every day on my face. I look 20 years younger. Baby lotion? I I've never heard of baby lotion. I know. Well, I've heard of Johnson's Baby. But not on your face. I don't think it's made for that, is it? It's, for, it's supposed to be for sort of rubbing on babies' bottoms after they've been to toilets. You can use that, can you? I, mean, I know it's very, very popular for ladies, hemorrhoid cream. Hemorrhoid cream is very popular underneath the eyes for taking away bags. That's an old, that's an old model trick. But there again, models used to use, uh, as well, egg whites. If you just t- take egg white and uh, you, you sort of just beat it up a little, only a little tiny bit, and then you get a little tiny paintbrush, and only a little tiny bit, ti- you know, small is of the essence here, and paint it just on the lines. When it dries, it hardens and it stretches the skin. So it gives you, a, like, a temporary facelift. Gosh, I'm so useful to you this morning. I mean, I'm really... Do you know, I'm trying to be helpful. I think I'm, I'm trying to be helpful. A lot of people guessing as to why Tim Healy threw a bucket of cold water over, over Denise Welsh. <laughs> Wish I could throw a, a bucket of water over Denise Welsh. Uh, Steve, I hate Valentine's Day. My husband died then aged 45 due to passive smoking as a child, so I have to avoid TV and radio to make so much of it. I don't think radio makes much of... Um, it's, it's, it's more... It's more television. There'll, there'll be television programmes. Alan Titchmarsh will probably have Valentine's presents and sort of Valentine's tree or something like that. There'll be something, you know, a, and a bouquet. It's, it's, it's more the shops that cover themselves in balloons. You'll see people staggering down the road with, I really love you, and you think, how naff. Anybody turns up with a balloon here, you know, they get short, sharp shrift from me, I have to tell you. I'm not, I'm not sort of, you know, who wants to go uh, walking down the road with a balloon with I love you on it? I'm going to feel such an idiot. Such an idiot. I did get one. No, so don't don't get me a balloon, Holly. We did get a few years ago. We got, um, uh, they were like little airships that came in boxes and they had helium in them and they, was, they were silver and you took it out of the box and it had a little motor underneath and we could have them going round the office. They were really good, actually. They were great fun. And I've had other balloons which are weighted down with penny pieces and stuff like that so that it sits there on your desk looking at you, reminding you that uh, somebody somewhere loves you and they hate you so much they bought you a balloon. <laughs> but uh, I wonder, uh, most of you probably hate Valentine's Day. I mean, I don't want any soft toys or stuff like that. We're really uh, any soft toys with, you know, will you be my Valentine's? Yeah, I, th- I thought the poem from Rita was very good. I thought that was a very good little poem. I like I like that a lot actually. Uh, strawberries for Valentine's Day, not particularly. They're all right. They're coming in from Spain at the moment. Spanish strawberries. 
And, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't think fruit is of any interest, is it, to anybody? To be honest with you, you know, sit down with a good film. You know, and perhaps, you know, if, if you're a single person, because that's the time, isn't it, that you feel quite depressed. You know, everybody else is going, oh, a romantic meal in a restaurant. They're all having a miserable time. They'll all be, they'll be so miserable. I mean, more people split up on Valentine's Day than actually get together, and all the clubs will be offering a special deal, you know, two for one. If, if you're a couple who want to get engaged, we'll give you a bottle of cheap champagne or something like that, Astispumanti, you know, and the barman will create a sort of a sexy cocktail for you and all that kind of stuff. It's just rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. But, of course, I'm, I'm not averse to getting a few... Uh, Valentine's cards, what was that? You know, just, just to, uh, to annoy other people here, because there will be other presenters who uh, will be saying, oh, t- how many Valentine's cards do you get to do? Because every year I, d- I do very well for Valentine's cards and, uh, and for Christmas cards as well. Uh, Mark says, I use lots of lotions in the morning after a shower. I've got a face moisturiser to keep the harsh winter at bay, exactly, because, you know, wind coming into your face is not good. I wear dark glasses, sunglasses, and it stops the wind affecting your eyes. Uh, because otherwise they go all bloodshot and it's not an attractive look. Whichever way you look at it, it's, it's not good. Lip balm. A lot of people. We have, we have a couple of people in the office here that use lip balm. Carl McQueen uses lip balm all the time. No, it's fine, actually. It's just a little bit naff, isn't it? You know, I've got a little chapstick. You know, they take it out and they put it on because I think, secretly, they think it's lipstick. OK, and they're sort of putting it on because people get dry lips. The worst thing you can do if you get dry lips is lick them. Because that just makes it worse. So lip balm, you know. Now there comes a little tin or a little stick, and they go, "What, what flavour's your one?" And they go, "It's it's strawberry." And you go, "How lovely, how lovely strawberry." What 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 else? What else they do? They do lemon and lime, and they do cherry. And you see people sitting on the tube, putting it on. It's lovely. Men, most of them think they're drag queens, I suppose. Uh, loads of male-specific moisture stuff on the market, says Mark. I know, I've got most of it. I have moisture, most most stuff like that. And Steve says, I don't know about roses meaning love, but I do know they grow on you. Norman Vaughan said so. He did, he used to advertise Cadbury's roses. He used to go, roses grow on you. Ooh, like that, which was quite good. So, uh, after the news, bicycling. Do you bicycle into work? I only ask, because um, Chris sent me this thing about the ten best commuter bikes. Because every year... I think, I must get a bike. I must get a bike. I'm a member of the Boris Bike Scheme, but I feel I should buy a bicycle and start cycling a bit more to sort of get a little bit fitter. But uh, to be honest with you, I don't know which one to pick. I mean, there's ten here. They all look quite nice. Do I need a folding Brompton bike at nearly £1,000? Or can I go for uh, a specialised Alley Triple? Who knows? After the news, we'll find out. On FM, online and digital radio, London's Allen. Morning, five past six. It's early breakfast on LBC with Steve Allen. Till 6.30. It's nice to have your company. I trust you are well this morning. Actually, I was just going to have... There's this dreadful story about uh, this uh, mother getting drunk and her 11-year-old son getting drunk as well. Seems to have uh, sort of prompted everybody in the papers to start going, it's absolutely disgraceful, it's it's awful, it's this, it's that. And uh, we were asking the question earlier on about what age you started drinking. And uh, most people seem to be much, much later in, in than 11. I certainly wouldn't have been encouraged to drink at 11. I can't think of anything worse. I can't think of anything worse. And um, uh, there is a, a charity based in Twickenham, apparently, says uh, Janet Gersman, which is called, I think it's Changes... And they help uh, people with mental problems with alternative therapies. Uh, the president is uh, Vince Cable. So there you go. And uh, Neil Long apparently dressed up in a mankini to raise money. Not my kind of thing at all, Janet. 
<laughs> was impertinent to ask, I think, these days. So there's only certain people can wear that uh, that kind of stuff, and uh, and I'm not one of it. Nick Ferrari might better do that. He's with you after the news at seven this morning, and uh, the school's minister will be telling Nick which book defined his childhood. Dickens, of course, turns 200. We hear what happened when Debbie met Mike. Do you think roads are going to be safer for cyclists? Come round to that in a moment. Plus, uh, Declan Harvey uh, gets told off by CCTV. Oh, Lord. He'd be so upset. So upset. Chris Blackhurst is the editor of The Independent. And uh, he'll be going through the papers this morning. And Geoffrey uh, Robertson, QC. We're talking about uh, Abu Qatar granted bail. How much of a threat does he pose? Just absolutely ridiculous. We can't keep people in prison anymore. We can't send him back to Jordan because of his human rights. But uh, this man who absolutely hates this country, absolutely hates us, an abomination he is, an absolutely dreadful person, uh, is getting back on the streets within days. We're told that he won't be allowed access to a computer, won't be allowed out, won't be doing this and that. I thought, of course he'll be getting access to a computer. I'd predict within a month he'll be back on a computer again, spreading his his vile hatred. But on the subject of bicycles, I didn't realise. I was was going through the list of the, the ten best commuter bikes. They're not cheap, you know. It's so expensive to cycle it. It's almost cheaper to actually do the Boris bikes, because I'm looking... The cheapest one here is around about... Well, in fact, uh, the average price seems to be around about £500. Four to £500 for an average one, going up to... Well, I think um, a Brompton bike is about £1,000, £900, something like that. There's one here, the Genesis Quatefer, which just... There's pictures of them all. The one that I'm taken by... Is one called the uh, the Dehon Speed D7, which looks quite nice. That's bike number six on my hymn sheet this morning, which is like a folding bike. It's got little wheels, but it's got Kevlar wheels, Kevlar tyres, which means that they're, they're puncture protection. Because there's nothing... You don't want to go out there, do you, and get a puncture. You have to start doing a puncture repair by the side of the road. Not my kind of thing at all. But then I'm looking at these things, and every morning you get on the train, there's always people with bicycles. Have you noticed? They're, they're, they're all over... You cannot move. That and prams... Middle of rush hour, somebody with a pram or a double buggy or a, or a bicycle. You get, no, no, no. You should go in the guards' vans. Years ago, they used to make people go in the guards' vans. Now, of course, we don't have guards' vans, and they certainly don't want uh, anything like that. Now, young Gary has initially bought a cycle just work and has a specialised Secure Elite. Fantastic cycle for speed and distance, spurring me on to do triathlons. I've signed up for three this year. As well as my running, the cycling has encouraged me to start swimming, which is great. I feel I'm getting much fitter and trimmer. However, I think you should get a Brompton, perfect for short commutes. They're not cheap, though, are they? I mean, it's, it's the best part of, of £900. I don't, I don't think I could justify it with the accountant. £900 for a bicycle. I know they're supposed to be quite good. I might have to go and find some of the cheaper alternatives. I love the way that Gary, who is, who is super fit, is obviously spurring himself on because he thinks he can be fitter. Which I always find interesting with people who are fit, because they're never aware of just how fit they are. They always think that there's a bit more round uh, round each corner. But in his case, it's it's just more triathlons and and more doing all sorts of bits and pieces. Oh, good news! The Mormons are coming. I mentioned the Mormons because the Express have done a, a big a big feature on the history of the Church, the Latter Day uh, Saint movement. Uh, born in New York State in the 1820s, and they've got uh, actors here. Gladys Knight is a Mormon. Of course, uh, Donnie and Marie Osmond. They run the world's biggest firms. They graduate with the best degrees and now may even rule the world under President Romney. And they say here, how has an obscure religion become all-powerful? I didn't realise that, well, that there is a code, as there is with all religions. And um, as a follower, you should not imbibe any kind of stimulant. 
as well as no alcohol, no drugs. That means no coffee, tea or cola, because they contain caffeine. Oh, I didn't know about that one. Uh, also, uh, you can't smoke or use chewing tobacco or snuff. You certainly mustn't swear. Mormons say foul language harms the spirit and is offensive to God. You mustn't gossip. So I'm quite clearly not Mormon. You can tell that. Uh, because it contravenes the commandment to love one another. You mustn't have sex outside marriage. So that's Denise Welsh out the equation as well. You mustn't dance provocatively. Because that's out straight away. Avoid full body contact with your dancing partner. You mustn't wear overtly sexy clothes. Note to the two next door. No more overtly sexy clothes, thank you. Nothing short, tight-fitting or low-cut. And keep those arms, shoulders and tummies covered. No tattoos, OK? It's you again, I'm afraid, next door. Uh, or body piercings. And that applies to men as well. Uh, you mustn't go on dates before you're at least 16. You mustn't watch films or TV programmes which are immoral, suggestive or pornographic. And the same goes for music lyrics. Uh, you must work. You mustn't work, shop or go out on Sundays because the Sabbath is the day for going to church, resting and family activities. And forget that aged 18 to 26 are expected to spend 18 months abroad as missionaries. So that's why we actually get them over here. I think there's a church in Staines. Because I remember once it, it was raining and there's a knock on the door. And it's not the kind of thing you expect. It's a bit like a horror movie. You know, you get the, the rain is coming down. All of a sudden there's a knock. You think, who's standing outside the door when it's raining? And it was two, two American lads wearing grey suits, looking very smart. And, uh, hello, we're from whatever it was. And I went, OK, thinking, well, perhaps they better come in because it was pouring with rain. And they appeared to be getting slightly wet. And so he said, you know, are, 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 you, are you Christian? I'm sitting there in a towel. So I just got out of the shower. And, um, and he said to me, he said, um, should we have a prayer before we begin? I, said, I don't really think so, actually. I've got to go to work. It's a little bit difficult to do a prayer at the moment. You know, but very kind of you to pop round. And for then I had to avoid the doorbell ringing. Every time it rained, I got quite panicky, thinking they're actually... No, no, they were from, they were from just up... We do have Jehovah's... Uh, we have the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses as well. We have all sorts of people around, uh, especially in, in uh, Twickenham, because the Jehovah's Witnesses come and do the, uh, the stadium. They actually rent the stadium out. So all of a sudden there's a lot of very well-dressed people turning up with picnic hampers, which is lovely. A lot of very, very well-dressed people. Far better dressed than we are. So, uh, good luck to them. But apparently they're all over the place. I wonder, actually, whether or not <clears throat> people are governed by their religion now. You know, I, I know people do go to church, but I wonder, really, whether, whether people actually sort of, sort of bother with it. Does it govern your life, or do you just go to church because you kind of got to that age? Because I always thought churches were full of fairly elderly people trying to sort of assure themselves of a place in heaven just before you pop your clogs. You sort of go there going, you know, I've been very good, and uh, I'll sit here and sing all the hymns. And everything else. I was, I was going through this with James O'Brien the other day of hymns that we all know. And uh, because they did a thing on the television the other day and they did Vine Be the Glory, which is one of my favourite hymns of all time. Mean, in fact, there's loads of hymns because I just like singing hymns. And the bigger the, you know, the, the group singing, the happier I am. When you've only got 20 people in the local church, it doesn't look so good, really, I'm afraid. Mike Cullen says, you're on about Valentine's Day. Thanks to yourself, I met my partner through LBC 97.3. And we will be sending my girlfriend a special card as we've been together one year on the 23rd. 4th of January. We have nothing but fun with each other. La, 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 la. Fingers and ears again, I'm afraid. LBC 97.3 Well, it's always nice to report something nice in the paper, isn't it? In these days of gloom, doom and despondency, here's a scrap metal dealer. They've not had a, <clears throat> a good press recently. 
because there's lots of unscrupulous bent scrap metal dealers out there who take the um, the uh, looted memorials and they they offer money. In fact, metal theft now costs a billion pounds a year. A billion pounds. Small wonder that gangs are employed to sort of go round and strip war memorials. Uh, a ton of copper is worth almost six thousand pounds, up from one thousand nine hundred and two hundred and eight in the year two thousand and eight. So it's worth a lot of money. So it's worth people going out pinching these things. But here is a guy called Stuart Nebbit. He is a scrap metal dealer. He was so disgusted when thieves plundered a war memorial, he's picked up the bill to repair it. And this isn't just a bill for, you know, a couple of hundred quid. This is £21,000 he's picked up. His, his generosity, I think, is, a, is an absolute phenomenal victory for all those people. There was, a, there was a plaque which listed the names of 250 soldiers who died during the First World War, stripped from Carsholton in South London... It's, uh, they reckon the thieves only got about 500 quid, but that's 500 pounds. So there's a lot of drug dealers and uh, sort of drug addicts and people like that who are stealing these things. And uh, Mr Nebbit says, the community's been good to me, so my gesture is a small way of putting something back. My God, there must be some money in this scrap business, mustn't there? 21,000 pounds he paid. And, uh, and it's all been put back. He employs 55 people at his company in Mitcham. He says he refuses offers of stolen goods, including statues, plaques, cable and manhole covers every day. I'd be happier, actually, if Mr Nebbit would take pictures of these people on CCTV and pass it on to the police. If he gets these offers every day and people now take the manhole covers and plaques and cabling and statue, just, just pass it on to the police. Say, this person turned up, they were offering this and this. I'm pretty certain it's pinched and so I, I didn't, didn't want to touch it at all. Because it's awful, isn't it, really? Uh, the Sky News presenter Stephen Dixon is explaining why he's proud to be a diabetic. He said he's sick to death of people moaning about ill health. Because people do moan about it. He says, I never, I never moan about my diabetes. Never, ever. I never moan about it. I mention it, but I never moan about it. I never go, oh, it's dreadful, I've got diabetes, because I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's, it's like the very first time you get to wear glasses. And, and I remember going into a chemist, and they had some reading glasses... And I hadn't particularly struggled up until that moment, but I put these reading glasses on, and I could read the warning on the side of the packet of cigarettes. It was amazing. And so I thought, I'm going to get some reading glasses. So I bought some reading glasses, and all of a sudden I could read the paper, I could read everything. I could absolutely read it. It was just wonderful. And so when I got my eyes tested, because if you're diabetic, you've got to get them tested regularly because of glaucoma and stuff like that. He injects, though. I thought I was, I thought I was well, I know I'm pretty moderate on twice a day. But, uh, he, in fact, he injects five times a day. Five times a day he's got to inject. So he's, he's kind of up there with them, as they say. You know, me, twice a day, and tablets, and insulin, and all the other things. But he's doing five. He's only 37. But he's been uh, type 1 since he was 17. Amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. We're all out there somewhere. But, of course, a lot of people will be type 2, and that's through poor diet, I'm afraid, which is not so great. We were talking earlier on this morning about how you improve your town centre. And mainly... Judging by what we've uh, we've heard this morning, it seems to be get rid of fast food places in the high streets. You know, the high streets should be little shops. There should be a baker, not a candlestick maker, but there should be a butcher, you know, or a fish shop and uh, a little local shop where you can get cards and newspapers and stuff like that. We don't. I don't think we want. I think all the fast food places should be shoved out of town. Put them all on somewhere. Put them on a trading estate somewhere and let all the oiks that use them. I know people love it. It's only because they're there. 
You know, if there was an ice cream shop on the high street, people would use it, wouldn't they? They'd be in there going, ooh, ice cream. And all that. I certainly would. Not that I eat that much ice cream, but I, I do like a little bit of ice cream. So if you move them somewhere else, you know, pizza places, move them out of town. I think they, they should all be in certain areas. Certainly not on the high street. Definitely. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, or 0845 973 My absolute favourite hymn is Eagle's Wings. Says Elaine, I've never even heard of it. Oh, is this a Catholic hymn? I was talking to James O'Brien about this the other day, as to whether or not they had, uh, in the Catholic Church, different hymns from the rest of us. She says, it appears at the back of the hymn book in my local Catholic church, and it's heavenly. I've never even heard of it. Eagle's Wings. I'm afraid I'm sort of, we, we plough the fields and scatter and onward Christian soldiers, which we used to sing with gusto. Onward Christians. It was really good. If you're in the choir, it was even better. So I used to love that. But I, I don't know any, any hymns from the, from the Catholic church, I'm afraid. So perhaps you can all enlighten me. I love my Brompton cycle, Steve. Fits in the boot of my mini, so it's always there when I fancy parking up and cycling instead. Neil from Kent says, now then, cycling. I've got a road racing cycle, a Cannadale 613 that costs £3,000, and a cheap mountain bike at 600 You could do with a hybrid, best of both. Lovely on a warm day in the countryside. It's, it isn't so much the warm day in the countryside, it's the, uh, it's the dangerous cars that are out there. Tracy in Brentwood says, I met my husband on the 15th of February, nine years ago. Great, as we avoid restaurants on Valentine's Day, we get a much better deal on the 15th. <laughs> I think that would be the idea. I think that would be the idea. Go out, buy all your flowers on the 15th, because they, they're, they're cheaper. Because what a lot of florists do is they, they push up the prices for Valentine's Day. And the, the paper, I'll, I'll make a bet now that the papers will be full of adverts this year for cheap bouquets of roses... You know, I think one of them last year managed to bring it down to, I think, £2 for six roses. So we really were at the cheap end of the scale. And you can go up to about £150 easily for a bunch of, uh, of 12 roses. Uh, the best ones I've ever seen are the ones in Costco, which are like velvet roses. They're really beautiful. And it's 20 quid for, for a bunch of 12, I think. But they're really good. And then I saw some last year which were dipped in glitter. Somebody had obviously taken the rose and sort of dipped the top of it in blue shimmer glitter. Which, which look really pretty, except you get glitter everywhere. Don't ever, don't bother. Dreadful. But they do look really pretty. Very, very pretty. So probably this year you'll be spending money on the chocolate. Susan Bookbinder, no doubt, will sort of, sort of walk out with armfuls of flowers or something like that. I should go in with bindweed, as usual. And, uh, and no chocolates whatsoever. Because I, I don't encourage the, the giving of sweeties, even though somebody did give it to, uh, to the Queen the other day. Remember the Werther's Originals? I quite like that idea. Somebody said you, fr- from Charlton, you should get a penny farthing. Do you know, if, if I thought I could ride a penny farthing, I'd probably have a go at it. We used to bump into all the people during the Easter parade, and uh, they were, the, I think, the penny farthing club of Great Britain. And, uh, and they would be uh, cycling up and down. Always looking, because you've kind of got a long way to fall. That was the only problem. The only problem, if you were going to fall off, you know, you were going to fall quite a long way. Steve, on the subject of moisturiser, my, uh, my husband's using baby moisturiser for years on his face. Not on his bottom. And the trouble is, she says, I always think we don't know if the creams we use work, as we don't know what we'd look like if we'd never started. And that's the problem I have. I have exactly the same problem. I don't know if I hadn't used moisturiser and stuff like that, whether or not I'd be all old and wrinkly. I, do, I don't know. 
But I, I've had a look through a few of the presenters' drawers here, and quite a few of them have got little moisturisers and stuff like that. Just to look after yourself. Just to make yourself look this uh, little bit better. Quickly, the front page of the papers. Don't forget there's a free podcast for you to download at around about uh, 7 o'clock this morning, which will discuss celebrity things. No doubt we'll be going on about Denise Welsh again, I'm afraid. <clears throat> Sorry to have to bore you senseless on it. But uh, she's split with her husband, Tim Healy. And, uh, as I say, big surprise there. Apparently it happened at Christmas, but if you if you read the stories in the Express, the Mirror, the Sun, or just about anything else she'll talk to, uh, it happened ages ago. He's had, he's had one-night stands, and uh, she said, I wasn't having an affair because we weren't together. It's that old... I've seen it on the Jeremy Kyle show, where people sit there and go, did you sleep with somebody else? Yes, but we weren't going out at the time, so it was OK to do it. Um Another one here, they're talking about the radical Islamist cleric described as Osama bin Laden's right-hand man in Europe, back on the British streets, after a judge agreed he should be bailed. Why, I've got no idea. Nobody can explain that one. They'll discuss that with Nick Ferrari this morning. Uh, the Mirror are talking about tearful Denise Welsh announced the end of her 24-year marriage. Uh, and she did it on television, because they have to do these things publicly. Nobody ever does things privately. Madonna and uh, the outrage at the Super Bowl... I thought the funny thing was that Elton John, who'd criticised her a while ago, was the other advert on there for a, for a fizzy drink. And talking of drinks, a drink-sodden mum who went on a boozing binge with her 11-year-old son told horrified onlookers, we always get drunk together. He's 11, she's 37. I mean, you can't, can't believe it, can you? The Daily Star, big bruv. Denise, my marriage is over. That'll be boring the pants off everybody for the rest of the week. And the Daily Mail, how to be fabulous at 50, which is good news. Uh, the situation in, uh, in Oms as well. And uh, I think it was the editor of the, was it Paul Dacre, who was saying that the use of, during this hacking uh, into people's phones, the use of, uh, of using detectives was quite normal. He said most newspapers use that. People used to pay tip-off fees all over the place. Uh, debacle in the desert is the front page story in the Times, together with flashbang wallop, the 41 gun salute, starting the Queen's Jubilee year. And uh, happy birthday, Mr Dickens. He's 200 today. 200 today. Don't forget to download the podcast a little bit later on. It'll be up the free one, which has got all the scandal and the things like that, and then there's the programme as well. Very grateful to you for downloading them up until now, and don't forget you get the blog as well on lbc.co.uk. We're back again with you tomorrow morning. Nick and the team with you. We'll be back from four, incidentally, until 6.30. Nick and the team with you from seven this morning. Up next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. Are the mornings brighter in lighter close? 